0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the 33 of 4 Sports Podcast. I'm Colby Ron Bergstrom, and we have a lovely guest today. Of course, we have uh, talked a lot. He is our football expert, our, our hockey expert, a uh, little bit of a, a football expert as well, covers a lot of sports. Uh, my, my brother in the uh, soccer beat right in field, Ishan Lamba. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: I am so glad to be back, Uh It's been a long summer. Haven't really gotten too much into the sports scene. Uh, been busy, but I'm I'm glad to be in a state of mind where I can start to cover sports again.
0: Honestly, I completely agree. And part of the issue is, you know, this would normally be a World Cup summer, outside the fact of you know, COVID happened,
1: so exactly
0: everything had to get shifted. But you know what? That's an incredible Thanksgiving break we have. That's that's exciting. I'm I'm more than excited to talk about the World Cup when we get around to it.
1: You got you got the three NFL Thanksgiving games. Then you got Black Friday USA England, if I if memory serves. And then, yep, yeah, and then you got college football the day after Rivalry Week two, no less. So it's insane. It's a smashing break.
0: Like it's just nonstop action. It is all sports, and I'm I'm in love with what's going to happen this Thanksgiving. Yep. So without further ado, obviously we talked about football or soccer, as a lot of us Americans call it, and uh, you know we are very passionate here, particularly myself, and of course Tishan, uh as well, which is why we get you on particularly for these because we love to talk football, and it's great to be able to talk about football with uh, people that share interest. So. With that in mind, we had the Premier League to talk about. We got transfers to talk about. I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit of a recap of last year's table. I don't think I ever did that. Um, and on top of that, is it's going to give you a little bit of a leeway It's where if you want to have your own Premier League predictions or if you want to kind of follow along, you can be like, oh, maybe Cole's wrong here, Cole's wrong there. Um, and we'll also add some other stuff into those categories that we'll talk about then. But I did want to start off with transfers. Um Uh, we're just going to kind of name some of the ones that have been happening recently, because the last time we talked about football here on the podcast, it was a bit ago. Carter and I recorded an episode, I believe a a week or two ago. And then, uh, you know, pretty, uh, not too, too long after that, I think it was, I think it was like a week after I got COVID. So I was out for a little bit. Uh, And then, you know, this recording would have probably come last week. Uh, But, you know, there's been weeks between the last time we talked so like the last time uh you guys had listened to us talk about football was when Erling Holland was one of the more recent transfers uh to City like the deal was fully complete like a week before I believe that podcast dropped so there has been a lot that's happened and I want to cover some of it and I want to cover one that honestly is a little bit of a, a little bit of a softie to start. And it's just because it's uh, the most recent uh, on the ESPN site that I'm using. And on top of that is with a team that desperately needs any form of talent. And it is Christian Benteke, a longtime premier league striker going to DC United.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's going to be a big addition. Uh, Wayne Rooney as, as, Uh, I recall, is now taking over at DC United. So, um, you know, DC has really struggled for years now. I was, they were the hometown team for the MLS. So whenever I tuned in, I would always root for them. Um, And so it's good to see that they're drawing in international talent. I think that Benteke will be a good addition to a forward core that's very uninspired, honestly. Mm -hmm. And so I think it'll help move D.C. United in the right direction.
0: I I agree, but we'll start off with the good and the bad. The bad news of this is that D.C. United desperately needs defense. If you uh, look at the MLS table currently as it stands in the goal differential uh, I don't believe they have the worst. They have the they're, they're better than Sporting Kansas City, I believe. However, they have conceded only by one, but they've conceded the most goals in the MLS. And most of the time, if you're tuning into DC United game, or if you're looking at the stats on ESPN, they're getting scorched in a lot of their matchups. I mean, they're conceding on average of over two goals a game right now. It's it's abysmal to be honest. And if I
1: remember correctly, I think uh, former Hokie star Emily Gray was tweeting out uh, about it. Her favorite team being the Philadelphia Union. I'm pretty sure they shellacked DC about seven nothing. Uh, I would. A yeah, I would ago.
0: not be surprised. Uh, yeah, they they did slap DC seven nothing. Just you know, uh, actually it's a month ago, but uh, but still. In any case, that is the issue with D.C. United. That's the biggest thing. It's their uh, defense and the fact that, sure, Hamid, I believe, is injured. I believe he's still at the club from what I know. Uh, But outside of that, it's an abysmal defense there, and they really need to fix that. However, with the fact of being able to bring in someone with long-term Premier League experience and being able to bring in someone that is a veteran at a top-tier league for such a long time, it's a solid move because a lot of players that have come over to what the MLS is, which is a quote unquote retirement league. They tend to kind of succeed. They tend to do a lot better because it is ultimately not, you know, not near the level of the premier league. And that's, that's just factual. So I think Benteke can help. I think he can be great and I would not be surprised if he and Rooney already have a decent uh, working relationship as they would have been around each other for a long time. Um, However, DC United have other areas to focus on. And maybe that's not something Wayne's going to worry about this year because, you know, he just took over uh, starting to manage um, DC. Uh, But it's something that it would be nice to cover. I believe the MLS window ended recently. That's why I think I heard from some people. So, yeah, concerning on that end. But ultimately, Benteke should be a decent addition for this team. Following that though, we I do want to touch up on one that happened today. Honestly, a move that I'm pretty excited about, uh which will get us dive us into the Premier League. It's Maxwell Cornett going from Burnley uh to West Ham United. A lot of Premier League teams were rumored uh to be getting him, but he ends up in London with Dan Steinbach's team.
1: Yeah, I think that West Ham, they kind of lost their way at the end of last season. They were in, I mean, they were in the top four for I'd say probably three quarters of the season and then just went into a massive slump at the end there. I mean, they were losing games against very winnable teams. They would manage, like, they, they managed a draw at the end of the season against Man City, but mm-hmm. then had a, they they drew with Burnley, they lost to Brighton, they lost to Brentford, who was. Kind of, they also sort of lost their way toward the tail end of the season, so they just sort of has dropped a good start to the season. So uh, Cornette's a nice wing, um, like with, uh, addition on the wings, and uh, I think that it'll make West Ham's attack more. I don't want. I don't know. Fear does necessarily the right word but definitely more of a threat uh
0: yeah i mean i think west ham's attack's solid from what i've heard and from what i kind of expect um i believe that cornet is going to take the position of west ham uh, at west ham eventually whenever Moyes integrates him into the team uh of what he was originally for burnley and what leon uh his former club uh prior to burnley transitioned him to which is a left back, left wing back. Uh, I believe that's kind of where he's going to fill for this team, um, particularly because they have all that talent, like uh, Jared Bowen and uh site Rama and uh, Michael Antonio. Uh, there's certainly another talent that's slipping my mind. Four Niles can play out wide. So they, they've got enough wide of talent though. Cornette can come up there. Only reason Cornette was really coming up there is because Burnley really had no offense last year. So the, you know, since Cornette was finding goals for them, they're like, eh, you know, you're able to get us some offensive talent. Why not uh, let you get up there? I believe he's, uh, I was trying to see their goal differential, but I think he had nine of their 34 goals. So that's a big chunk for someone who was playing left back and then transitioning back into the left wing role. Now for West Ham as a whole, I think he's definitely an upgrade over Masawaku when you uh, integrate him into the team. And as you're talking about, you know, it's it's that offensive capability that he provides at the uh, sideline. And I think to be able to push down that left side um, and be able to help apply even more pressure there, I think is going to be great for this West Ham team. I think it's ultimately a big upgrade for them. uh, And that I think he'll integrate in pretty well. They were trying to find someone this offseason for a little bit to get there. And honestly, this is kind of a discount option for a player who's not that old. I believe he's like, 25, 26. I didn't even click on his uh, player profile. I should have, but I think he's 25, 26. Yeah, he's 25, so still pretty young. Uh, Had a really good debut in the Prem. Gets a huge step up to West Ham, and I think is well-earned. So,
1: that's another big... West Ham had about, I think, maybe 11 or 12 one-goal losses throughout last season, um, which was most of their losses. I think they only had maybe three losses where the margin was more than one goal so having an extra attacking threat will definitely be a huge boon to them because you can get an extra you know six points maybe from that and that oh, sure. last year yeah it it would it will boost them quite a bit
0: no, I, I mean, I definitely agree. And hopefully it can make them, you know, ultimately I think he will make them stronger as a whole. And that's obviously what you're looking for with a lot of your transfers. And honestly, the best thing for West Ham over the past couple of seasons is they've been adding to that depth, uh, you know, of the reason they slowed down a little bit towards the end of last year in the Prem was because they had Europa League that they're splitting time between. Yeah. And I was concerned originally for West Ham, we'll talk about my old Premier League table, but I was concerned because of their overall lack of depth but David Moyes is just he's had such a rebirth here uh for his managerial career at West Ham it's been really impressive and you know it's been great to see what that team can do under his guidance so I think certainly adding more depth this offseason is just gonna continue to help them now talking about another Premier League move honestly one that caught me off guard uh, I want to talk about someone who's probably going to go down as one of the better keepers in Premier League history. Uh, certainly, a part of one of the most historic moments in uh, in the Premier League. Probably, probably the coolest season in this century. If uh, I, I feel like that's reasonable to say, Casper uh, Schmeichel, finally moving on from Leicester. Uh, Leicester are uh, let him go. Uh, on a relatively cheap deal, you know, respect for their veteran. And he goes to OGC Nice in France.
1: Yeah, Michael was one of the strongest keepers in the league. And obviously that that historic season where they ended up winning it all, that was a very memorable moment for a lot of Premier League fans. It's disappointing uh, after that season, of course, less uh, Lester has been sort of bouncing between flirting with the top four and then just outright struggling like last season was, they were middle of the table pretty much all the way through mm-hmm. season before that, like the, the pandemic season, uh, they were hovering around the top five. I think they finished fifth both of the last, uh, like, the two COVID years. So it's just inconsistency as a team, and um, it sucks to see him go because he, along with Nick Pope, are probably some of my favorite opposing goalkeepers in the Premier League. But, yeah, I wish him well uh in the well for this upcoming season yeah
0: father and son I don't know if you're ever going to have a better you know lineage of uh keepers ever I mean obviously you know uh you have Holland's father who has you know helped guide one of the best young players in the league but his career is ultimately cut short unfortunately but, you know, both Michaels with long careers, one with Manchester United, one with Leicester City, and Casper has just been incredible. He was certainly, I, I think it's reasonable to say that he was either top five or just outside of the top five keeper in the Premier League for a long time. Yeah. And yeah. that's incredible to be able to keep up that type of consistency for that long Uh, staying ahead even over the likes of like you know David De Gea who for a time was considered the best in the world but then he fell off for a bit I think he's kind of back now Um, and you know being able to stay ahead of even some of the young guys that sort of flourish uh, probably being better than even when Nick Pope was really popping off originally for Burnley it's, it's, it's crazy um Ultimately, it's a hard, hard loss for Leicester. Sure, they have Danny Warden behind them, I believe. Uh, he definitely has a spot in the Wales team. I don't remember if he's a starter or not. I thought he took over for Hennessy, but I could be wrong. Um, so they still have a decent po- uh, keep- keeper back there. They have Ward, they have Iverson. Um, But ultimately, losing that big of a leader in your back line, um, a very, very vocal keeper. Um, It's going to be a huge loss for this team, and I'm concerned for what's going to happen with the backline as a whole. Not because they've lost members of their backline; they they actually haven't. And hopefully Wesley Fofana can stay help, healthy this year, and we can see a pairing of him and most likely Soyun Juba Um, But losing someone like Schmeichel, losing that veteranship, that leadership, really hurts. And if if they know what's good for them they would bring in another really uh, solid keeper, but I don't know if they're going to be able to, it seems like they're more worried about players who might want to leave than bring in players. So outside of that, uh I believe there's really only a couple others. I'll hit up here real quick. Uh One is just, you know, young American star uh was Doing some work with Hoffenheim, but is now had a permanent move to uh, Crystal Palace is Chris Richards.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to see uh, American talent breaking through into Europe more and more. Uh, there are a couple others that I saw on this transfer list as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, the the future of U.S. soccer is very bright, and I'm excited for it.
0: 2026, baby, we always talk about it like it's our year It's in America. A lot of our players are going to, you know, start to, start to really kind of get into their own. It's so exciting to have that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we have the world cup coming up, but you know, come on, let's let our players get into their prime, but you know, I, I, I think for crystal, first of all, I really like what VR is building there. I, I like a lot of the players, particularly a lot of the young players that he's targeting. Um, However, in this case of Chris Richards, obviously, I think it's a great signing. And, you know, it's going to be a little bit biased because I am a U.S., uh, you know, U.S. born and raised. So I'm going to be a fan of the national team. And I am a big fan of Chris Richards. I think he's a very solid talent. Um, he probably won't start this season unless they sell Joaquin Manderson because they're not going to sell what he, uh, you know, what an incredible pickup he was last year for him um, or way i I may mess up his name there but you know he's going to be the third the third guy there i believe maybe he could be the fourth i think they may still have a veteran center back there but ultimately i think chris richards is a solid addition he's a really good talent kind of he's he's feels like you know uh I, i think relatively similar to the center backs that they currently play which is nice um and could really help solidify solid core of defenders for crystal moving into the future. in which by the way, the fact that these London clubs are all starting to become pretty decent, it's kind of crazy. You know, you have already got the ones that are in the big six, Tottenham, Arsenal, and Chelsea, but now you got West Ham that's really making the name for themselves and Crystal Palace that seems like they have a bright future. I don't know. It's it's exciting times for London, uh, for London fans as a whole.
1: Yeah, London Derbies are gonna be Pretty insane in the upcoming (laughs) season.
0: Yeah, they're going to be pretty insane. They're going to be a lot of fun. You know, one of those London teams even playing today as Arsenal had actually beat Crystal Palace, uh, two to nothing. Uh, But finally, we'll cover one more transfer that caught my eye. Um, It's one for actually no, I'll 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 take a different transfer because I was about to cover West Ham back to back. Uh, I'll go ahead and cover. Yeah, we'll cover the move here, and it's going to be, you know what, let's do the most, let's let's do, actually, I was stirring on this, but now I know who we need to cover. It's one that isn't recent, but it's one that I did not cover, and it's one of the biggest moves of this offseason. You can probably guess what it is by those hints, Um, but it's going to be Robert Lewandowski, who... Is moved to Barcelona, though he may not be able to get registered because somehow Barcelona keeps spending money, but keep forgetting that they can't afford to spend money to register new players into their team.
1: Yeah, I don't. I obviously have no clue how the the financing rules work for any of this. I don't know. Obviously, (laughs) just I just see numbers. I see players getting signed. It doesn't really like. I don't think anything of it. So. I know Barca's dealing with a lot of financial troubles, and so we're, we're all just kind of, like, scratching our heads and wondering, like, with what money are you signing these players? So I, I heard it's not just uh, Lewandowski. I heard um, – It's like all of them.
0: It's like Lewandowski, Christensen, uh, I think Cassier, um, Marcus Alonso, who they've transferred for today, apparently. Um, it's like all of them. It's insane
1: uh yeah but and then they also I think La Liga also won't allow uh Barca to register their contract renewal renewals such as Dembele and Roberto yep Yep. so yeah it's it's crazy I mean if they do get Lewandowski you know I, I think he's he's definitely still got it so he can take them to another league title. Um, so I, if if it does go through, great. Uh, I know that Barca has been causing Chelsea so much heartache this uh, this offseason. So hopefully Chelsea gets the last laugh because uh, I have a bit of a soft spot for Chelsea in the mm-hmm. Premier League. So, uh, but... It is definitely a big transfer. Barca has been making a ton of moves. Let's see if the moves actually get made officially.
0: Yeah, it would be nice. There's obviously uh, as well so many other transfers that could be talked about, but we just don't have the time. We we would literally be here for hours if we talked about all the transfers. You know, we could talk about Zinchenko. We could talk about Talia Fico. We could talk about Jesse Lingard finally finding a team. You've got Skamaka and uh, I think, uh, you know, West Ham uh, actually losing out on a transfer with Omana. There's so many names that can be talked about. It's why a summer transfer window is so much fun because all these teams just kind of, you know, get a lot of new players, or at least a lot of teams do, particularly in the case of Nottingham Forest. I mean, good Lord, I believe they signed like a dozen players already, but
1: basically, a new team.
0: Exactly. I mean, granted, they had a lot of players that are loaned or last year their contract, but still. The fact they've got all those players that they've got, i it's insane. And I can't wait to talk about that. But that's really most of the transfers I wanted to cover. So with that in mind, of course, we do have our Premier League predictions coming up. But before that, as I had mentioned, I want to take a little bit of a look back at how I had done comparatively to, uh, you know, comparing my prediction to the table last year. So, if you want, you can run off the table from 20 to 1, and I can tell you how my table works.
1: I've got the official table pulled up. All right. Fire away.
0: So, in the relegation zone, in which I know I missed one team, I had Watford, Burnley, and Brighton.
1: Okay, yeah, I could've I could have seen Brighton at the at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they did well enough. They got off to a relatively hot start. They had I think four wins and then three draws. So I think they were riding top top six, top half for a good chunk of the season.
0: Yeah, they, they were certainly towards, really man. strong.
1: Yeah, but yeah. Overall you know, is an incredible
0: I'm, manager. Yeah so yeah I I mean I missed out on Brighton I thought that year was finally going to be the year I thought Potter was going to move on or get sacked or something but it didn't pan out and the team that I had just above them Norwich was the other team that got relegated so I was really close to three for three I was but so uh, you know close but no cigar is you know the saying that I've grown up (laughs) on. but With that in mind, I do want to go with the lower half of the Premier League table. Of course, I had Norwich there. We know they got relegated. But I also had Newcastle, Southampton, Wolverhampton, Crystal Palace, Brentford, and then I had West Ham in 11th. Uh, West Ham, of course, finishing in Europa League. I was off on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, West Ham's kind of, like, I didn't really know how to read them, Mm -hmm. uh, especially after last season because they had also – Kind of made a surprise run into the top yeah. uh six of the table so i mean you know good for them for keeping the momentum going um wolves is also kind of perpetually stuck mid table um mm-hmm. so yeah they're really hovering right around 10 it could go either way
0: Yeah, definitely. I was a little bit off on Wolves, but ultimately I wasn't as far off on some of those teams, which is good. I mean, there's a couple teams that I switched up. So Wolves was in the top 10 and West Ham was in the top 10 and I had Aston Villa there and Leeds. I also had Everton. I'm trying to think of who else was in the top 10 that I don't have there. Oh, Brighton, because I was way off on Brighton. Um, But yeah, I mean, with the preseason with you know the preseason looks in mind I will say Aston Villa was a bit too bold I'll talk about where I had them uh shortly but uh, outside of that Everton is kind of hard to predict they had so many injuries last year and then Leeds had their manager get sacked they just came off a decent season you know so I I can kind of forgive myself for having those mistakes but speaking of uh just outside of Europe last year I had Leeds Everton in Arsenal which isn't None of those teams were 8, 9, and 10. That was uh, Brighton Wolves and Leicester, I believe. Yeah. So, a bit of a miss there, but uh, Arsenal wasn't too much farther ahead. I believe they finished fifth last year?
1: Yeah, they finished just outside of the top four.
0: Yeah, just outside. You know, it, it, it's been so close to the no cigar for them for Champions League-wise, uh, basically ever since uh, Arsene Wenger. Uh, was nearing the end of his tenure managing the team. Um, But in the European competitions, I had Aston Villa, Leicester, and Tottenham. Only one of those teams uh, made it in of those three, but Tottenham made it into Champions League, not the Europa League. And then my top four, I had Liverpool at four because I thought they were going to take a little bit of a step back. Uh, I was wrong on that. Then I had Chelsea, United, and then I had City united you know they were coming off getting ronaldo and um i'm trying to remember the other big sign uh you know rafael Veran. uh they're coming off what seemed like a pretty big window and you know i can forgive myself for being that high on them i mean ultimately it's not again they weren't crazy off there in europa but still the top four uh i at least got three of the teams but i feel like you know the the three teams i got were the teams that should have been obvious last year
1: It's a pretty solid enough uh, table. I'm hurt that you had Liverpool all the way down at four, but I can respect it.
0: Yeah, I was just concerned for possible fall. off. I didn't know how I felt about Jota preseason last year, Uh, and I knew that I I think there's some stuff with Firmino, and I I believe there's still stuff with him. Um, So I was just a little bit concerned for Liverpool as a whole. Kind of thought our team would get uh, found out a little bit because I don't think you guys made too many transfers last summer.
1: I don't um, believe so either, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I know you guys brought in Ibrahim Okunate that summer, but I don't remember uh, who else outside of that because Diaz was in the winter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had, I think it was too bad. I got two of the three teams that got relegated. I got the Premier League champ. I got three of the four teams in the Champions League. The middle of the table was a bit of a cluster, but not bad. Not it, it, It's, it's passable, I think. Uh, yeah, and I definitely obviously. think I feel a lot. more. I feel very confident this time. Now, granted, I did kind of feel confident in that table, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, With that in mind, though, uh, that was my table for last year. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Mm, no, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about the breakout stuff after uh, after the other uh, categories that we'll go through. So. We are in the prediction mode. So here's how we're going to break this down to Sean and for the listeners as well. We will start off with the teams in the relegation and we are going to move up um, after that in a series of like essentially three. So we'll go through them from 18 to 20 or not 18 to 20, we'll go 20 to 18, 20 to 18, 17 to 15, 14 to 12, uh, 10 to eight. And then that will leave us with you know five, six and seven. So that's your... Europa League, and then the third tier European League now, Uh, and then we will go into, uh, oh, I I missed 11 and whatnot, but it's fine. Then we'll cover our uh, Champions League teams one by one. So essentially we'll break it down to threes until we get into Europe. If we have to make it four, we have to make it four. Um, And then after that, we will talk about who we think is going to win the golden boot top scorer, uh, who we're going to think is going to get the boot first, which manager will get sacked, And then we'll go ahead and get our under-21 breakout youth player. You could go very obvious. You could go a little bit sneaky. It's up to you. So with that in mind, Sean, are you ready to crank out a Premier League table?
1: I am indeed.
0: All right. Well, obviously, we give a little bit of analysis on each of these teams that we have here. I'll go ahead and let you uh, say your team's first in the relegation zone
1: uh so finishing bottom of the table I have uh I don't think this is really surprise Bournemouth Mm -hmm. um you know just came up their their manager Scott Parker even sort of ragged on the team and said that the the team is lacking in a lot of areas they barely made any moves in the transfer window so I really don't think that they're going to get much better I don't think they'll be bad I just. Think that there's a lot of mid to subpar teams in the in the in this in the league this year. Oh, I
0: yeah, I can bounce uh, I can bounce it off as well if you'd like. Uh, I'll go ahead and go go with my 20 then. Yeah, we'll we'll go by one by one, and then we'll have a recap of our relegations. I think that's actually a better way to go about it. So in 20th, I'm I'm right there with you. I have Bournemouth, and I'm going to be a little bit harsher this is one of the worst teams I've seen come into the premier league in a long time. Like looking at the squad, ultimately it is not that grand of a squad. I think there are some decent players in there. Um, you know, Solanke obviously shined for England when he was a little bit younger. Uh, you've got cook, you know, David Brooks was someone who shined for Wales for a bit, but he hasn't been as great recently. He's not really a starter for Wales. He doesn't uh, come off the bench too frequently. Um, But outside of that, it's mostly, it it kind of feels like a Fulham situation, but it's like slapping you in the face. Where the sense of Fulham is a team that dominated the championship, but then couldn't do anything in the Premier League. That's exactly what this Bournemouth team is. Like, it's a lot of players that I think certainly shouldn't be in the championship, but ultimately they're just going to get slapped around in the Premier League. I, you know, every single area of this team, I would rate in like the bottom quarter. Uh, of, you, you know, uh, comparatively to other teams, their strike force, their midfield, their defenders, their keeper. It's it's all at the bottom part. Uh, I believe they're trying to get a good keeper, but we'll see how that turns out. Um, and then on top of that, as you said, they haven't really done anything. They brought in Ryan Fredericks, Joe Rothwell, and Marcus Savarnier. And outside of that, they have lost a lot of other players. But even with the three players they brought in, maybe Ryan Fredericks starts, Maybe um Tavarnier probably start but it's not like that's a big option he didn't I don't think he really popped off for Middlesbrough last year this has been a bleak window for one of the worst teams in the Prem you know they just got promoted Bournemouth seem like they just don't want to be here they're like you know what we're happy we got promoted but we just want to go right back down get right in our comfort zone maybe win the Champions League or not Champions League Championship uh, this time around, you know, get some more money, and then maybe we can invest. It doesn't seem like they're invested in the team at all, the upper management, and that's why Bournemouth's a 20
1: for me. Brutal, but honest. Uh, for uh, for 19th, I have another promoted team, I have Fulham. Um, yeah, same sort of deal team that to dominate the championship not too much in the premiership i think they had a bit of a better window they added quite a few pieces but they they lost uh, carvalho to liverpool mm-hmm. and he was a huge asset to them in getting promoted so i think that's going to be a big loss um they added if i remember shane duffy um and, I, you know, I think that might be a good add, but I really don't think that this team is going to, uh, I guess, be much of a threat.
0: It certainly added a lot more uh, than them. I'll talk about Fulham pretty soon. Um, but I, I, I can see why you have Fulham there. They, you know, they've, they've been promoted and relegated, uh, you know, uh, five years in a row now. This is their fifth, uh, you know, Promoted, then relegated, promoted, then relegated. They've been promoted again. Why not continue on the track and get relegated again? I can certainly see it. In my 19th spot, I have a team that has been a mainstay in the Premier League for a while. Um, This is a team that was really known for uh, honestly helping develop some of the best players in the Premier League over a good portion of this past decade. Um, but unfortunately they have not really been great with reinvesting that money and after you know being a, a team that was fighting for Europe for a few years consistently they've kind of slowly fallen down the table and it's the, with this transfer window it kind of seems like they are conceded to willing to get in, in my opinion willing to get relegated and build on young talent um to be able to come back to the premier league stronger than ever it's southampton for me at 19 um i mean really the only players that i can even see like that they've that they've brought in that'll probably start is the Sekumara might get decent time uh, he i believe he's a striker coming in from uh, uh, bordeaux in france uh Joe Ariba will probably get time he's a decent midfielder for rangers um and then they might give uh i believe I believe Gavin Bazunu is the young keeper uh, that they got from Man City. They got a couple young players from City. But ultimately, they've just got a lot of young players, uh, which is really weird. Like, they, they haven't really tried to upgrade their team. You know what I mean? Uh, Tino Livramento, someone who was very talented for them last year, a big uh, part of not only their defense, but their offense, is still going to be out until expected the new year. Um their back line isn't anything phenomenal. I think Salisu still needs to develop a bit, and then Benedek is all right, but not great. Um, if they still had Vestergaard, certainly their center back pairing would be a little bit more favorable. Uh, their goalkeeper spots one of, uh, one of the worst, if not the worst, in the Premier League. Um, their midfield is just kind of meh. Like there's outside of James Ward-Prowse, it doesn't feel special and their strike force isn't as consistent as I personally want it to be with Shea Adams, Adam Armstrong. Um, maybe Sekumata can help, but I guess we'll see. Um, again, they 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 just haven't really made any upgrades, and that's the issue for me. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, a theme for me is going to be teams that kind of stay stagnant or whatnot, or teams that don't make a lot of like moves may not end up is high at least particularly at the mid table and that's where southampton is for me. They're, they've kind of stayed stagnant and if i pull up the premier league table from last year i believe southampton they weren't far off of relegation anyways yeah they were in 15th um with the burnley being five points behind them the burnley was in 18th last year the last team to be relegated so i'm just not optimistic for this team and i i have them getting relegated it's unfortunate. I really like Southampton. It is what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I obviously have uh, some thanks to to Southampton uh, for Virgil Van Dyke, largely. Mane. Um, uh, yeah, Mane. Uh, you know, they've they've been good suppliers of Liverpool talent. I I do have them pretty low on the table, not quite that low, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I can I can understand your reasoning.
0: So, then how's your 18th spot looking? The last team to get relegated.
1: So, I also have uh, somewhat of a Premier League mainstay, um, and I don't think it's going to be too much of a, a shock, but um, it is going to be Everton at 18. Um, they they really lost their way at the end there, and they this. Summer window has been very weak for them, uh, and they even lost one of their uh, major starting players in Richarlison. Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, Frank Lampard is in major jeopardy right now. Um, His job is very much on the line, and it's going to be boom or bust at the start of the season. They get off to a slow start. I think he gets sacked and i i really don't see it uh, see their season going up from there
0: yeah i mean i can certainly see it this is a team that again they went from midfield uh, you know middle mid table consistency uh you know basically a europa league mainstay to uh basically becoming watford 2.0 and sacking a manager yearly um and it's kind of hard to see Lampard saying, and I can certainly see it. Um, I personally do not have them getting relegated and I'll talk about that. Um, but I will go ahead and share with you the last team I have relegated, a team that I'm very interested to see where you put them uh, because I, 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 though I love this team and I have to say, I love what this team has been doing. My concern is that it's too much too fast and they're going to go off to a very slow start um because of squad chemistry. Ultimately, they basically have uh, like a, a whole new squad, not just like starting 11, like a whole new squad. Um, And though there's a lot of great talent in there, I just don't know if it's going to gel like immediately. And I don't know if, you know, because a lot of these players are young as well. They're going to be starting. I don't know if those players are going to be ready to just kind of get slapped in the starting 11 and be like, okay, go play. It's going to be Nottingham Forest. And again, I love what they've done this window. They honestly may have the had the best window in the Premier League. Honestly, I'd, I'd probably say they've had the best window in the Premier League bar none. I mean, for a team that just got promoted, They've got uh, Taiwo Iwonyi, who starred for uh, Union Berlin last season. They got Dean Henderson, someone who has starred in the Premier League um, with other teams when United loaned him out. They got Musani Akite, someone who got minutes for Mines. I believe he was a starter, but he may have hit the bench recently. Uh, Omar Richards, who is a great championship fullback, and then Bayern never used him. Neko Williams from Liverpool, someone who gets minutes for the we- Welsh national team, really talented. Uh, certainly going to be a starter for them. Wayne Hennessy, another Welsh player, uh, goalkeeper. And, of, and then very recently, they've got Jesse Lingard, who was someone who shined for West Ham. Um, gosh, it wasn't last year. It was it was uh, two winters ago was when he got a loan move to West Ham for half a season. And now he's going to be with Nottingham. And they got Orda Mangala, who I think is a really young, really good, young, talented Belgian midfielder. That's a lot of players who I think are going to be getting minutes for this team. And though that's a positive, it's also a negative. Because again, I don't know if they're going to gel. I don't quite know how this team's going to want to line up. And ultimately, I feel like with this talent, though, it's a lot of great additions. Honestly, a lot of really exciting additions. I don't know. Like, I I don't know how I feel about their offense. I don't know how I feel about their midfield. I don't know how I feel about this team. This whole team, comparatively to how they're starting last year, could just be a complete like shift. We could just have like a new team that we've never seen before, basically, uh, coming out this weekend. And that's what concerns me, uh, particularly for the beginning of the season. I like a lot of these players. I like where their heads are at. Um, But ultimately, I think this is ultimately just going to be building the squad up to where then hopefully uh, the, you know, basically this is a, Uh, a legendary club a team that's won multiple champions leagues um it'll be their time to come back uh i think after they get relegated i think they'll get relegated and then with this squad i could see them winning the championship and coming back stronger than ever
1: i i share your concerns about nottingham forest don't worry um but yeah i guess that's uh, I mean, we can move into this sort of just safe from relegation teams.
0: Yeah, we can. I'll I'll let you do that. Uh, do that in a second. But we'll recap our relegation spot currently, just because it is important, and then we'll re, uh, recap the uh, bottom half of the table. Uh, but our relegation spots: I have Bournemouth, Southampton, and Nottingham in twenty nineteen and eighteen, and then Ishan respectively has uh, a Bournemouth, then Fulham and then Everton. So we both have two different teams in the relegation zone, which I really like.
1: Well, uh, to sort of piggyback off your criticisms of Nottingham Forest, I have them just safe from relegation at 17th. Um, and so, yeah, same sort of deal. It's basically just a new team. And so I think same thing, they'll get off to a slow start. I think they might hit a stride somewhere mid-season, and I think that they'll come up with a few key results, be a draw a win, a surprise win somewhere, uh, to sneak into safety, whether it's... I mean, I don't really know how tight it's going to be. Um, I think Everton, after they sack Lampard, I think under a new manager, they're going to sort of have a end-of-season surge. I think Nottingham and uh, Everton, they're going to be neck and neck, vying for safety. And I think Nottingham is going to come out on top.
0: I can certainly see that. And uh, I will say that my other championship team, Fulham, I have them in 17th, in which I will say the championship teams, there's normally been a consistency, at least as of late, that at least one team gets somewhere between like, like 12 and like uh, 7 and 12. But I certainly don't feel that way about any of these teams, particularly because with Fulham, this is a team that I've, I've already said, promoted, relegated, promoted, relegated. Now they're promoted again. This has all been consecutive. They've won the championship, I believe, two of those three times, maybe all three times. This is a team that has a massive chip on its shoulder. They have tried so hard. A lot of the players that are on or that are in the club you know, have been a part of these relegations. This this team has tried hard to be able to stay up in the Premier League, and it has not worked. And it kind of hurts, to be honest, because, you know, they, they've had the talent, they've looked like giant killers in the championship, but it just doesn't translate. With really the biggest of, like, those players in that sense being Alexander Mitrovic. And I'm gonna pull up his stats, but he's someone that is an absolute monster when it comes to yeah, he's a, he's a monster when it comes to the championship. But then in in the Premier League, he becomes like a puppy. So, so here's the comparisons, right? In the championship in 2019-2020 is what we'll go we'll go with. We'll go with four years in a row. Uh, he had scored 26 goals in 41 games, really solid. I, he was probably the top scorer that year, 26 goals, three assists. Maybe he was behind Pookie, but I don't know. Uh, in the Premier League the year before that, he played 37 matches, only had 11 goals, 3 assists. 11 goals isn't too bad getting into the double digits, but, you know, for someone that did so well, you would probably expect a few more goals on that list. Uh, in 2020-2021 uh, in the Premier League, he played 10 less games due to injury, but he had 3 goals and 3 assists, way worse than he did in his first time out. Whereas in the championship the following year, this prior season, 44 matches, 43 goals and seven assists. He's a monster in the championship. Like, he does not belong there. He just bullies people down there. It's insane. But he, he can't find the same consistency in the Premier League. And that's the same thing for Fulham. They have been able to dominate the championship. I, you know, I don't, I don't remember what their best record was, but I believe they're close to setting a championship record in points. Uh, one of those winning seasons i could be wrong but they they were destroying the competition in the championship you know for lack of better words and then in the premier league they choke and they finished like either 20th or 19th i don't even think they finished 18th they've like finished poorly in the Premier each of those times the reason why i have it going the other way this time first of all i think they've made some pretty decent moves this window Shane Duffy, I do think, is a decent veteran, uh, death piece. I don't think he'll start, I guess we'll see. Um, but certainly bringing him in on loan, Premier League experience, uh, center back, it can work. But I really love the addition of Burns Leno, incredible goalkeeper, one of the better shot stoppers in the Premier League. Uh, when he was starting for Arsenal, he just got replaced by Aaron Ramsdale. You know, for uh, this, the future of Arsenal's uh, as a club and Arsenal committed to it. Uh, and he was incredible today. He was really solid last season. Leno just kind of lost his spot, and I think Lano is probably still close to, like, top 10 in the Prem. I think a lot of team people are going to underrate him because he hasn't, like, start for maybe a year, two years, partly because of injury as well, but I think he's going to come back better than ever, and if not, they also have uh, other, you know, at least serviceable keepers behind him. But on top of that, they also have Kevin Mbabu coming in. And, you know, you can't really relate FIFA to uh, real life. But Mbabu has had some solid production uh, uh, production at uh, when he was at Wolfsburg. And now he's coming back to the Premier League, uh, where he was originally a Newcastle player. And, again, it could be a chip-on-the-shoulder type thing for him. Uh, Manwar Solomon, really good, uh, young, uh, Israeli... Yeah, he's from Israel. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a winger uh, that uh, was able to free up his contract with Shakhtar Donetsk because, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, the the war in Ukraine and whatnot. But he's really talented. Uh, Andres Pereira's shown some flashes in the Prem. Joao Palinha is a solid CDM from uh, Sporting Lisbon in Portugal they've made some solid moves. I think a few of those guys are certainly going to find their ways in. But then even on top of that, and I think this is my biggest plus for this team, is I think they may have their best creativity in the midfield that they've had. I think Solomon is going to add a lot of creativity out wide. But then, on top of that, they have Harry Wilson, someone who's been getting a lot of minutes for the Welsh team, uh, really, really talented. Uh, and he's been doing really successfully for Fulham as well. Now, currently, he's out injured. I think he's expected to be out for like a month, maybe two months. But he has been a focal part of this team, uh, kind of helping to be that heartbeat in a sense. And I think Harry Wilson is going to quietly be the difference between their being relegated and their staying up. And, you know, that that's why. And partly on top of that, third time's the charm. It's a talented team. I definitely rate their side over the bottom two teams. Nottingham, it's a toss-up. But again, they have a lot of uh, chemistry they're going to have to work out early on in the season. I'm excited for Fulham. I think they'll stay.
1: That's fair, yeah. I mean, I am not too familiar with their situation. I just, uh, you know, wasn't – don't really – like the moves that they've made, but uh, overall we base, like, we have a very similar bottom four.
0: Pretty similar, yeah. I, th-
1: I think we might even up appear in the bottom five, because 16th, I have Southampton. And, yeah, same sort of deal. Very, very young team. I think that they'll they'll it's basically just a gamble this season. Really, mm-hmm. they could finish Anywhere in the bottom half, um, if if they hit the jackpot, they could get towards the mid table, I don't think that's going to happen, I think they're going to hover around the bottom five for most of the season, um, yeah I've got them at 16. Well, I do have a different
0: team at 16. Uh, It's not going to be Everton making their debut yet here in my table, um, though I will say it's going to be coming soon. Uh, The team I have here, I might be shooting myself in the foot again. It's a team that has been doubted for a long time. It's a team that admittedly a lot of people have said will be relegated for a long time, but they haven't been. And though again, I'm setting myself to possibly look like a fool, I'm gonna have Brighton at 16. And here's why right? The prior seasons to 2021, this is a team that finished 15, 16, and 17. They finished 17 in 2018. I think it was uh, because I'm looking at the tables, but then they finished 16 the year after and 15 the year after that. So small progression, but still. so they're a team that have been at the bottom for a long time in the Prem, and really last year was um, the uh, an outlier getting into ninth place. But then a big part of that as well, it seems like partly because they're able to get draws. Because, you know, even comparatively to the 2020 season, they scored 40 goals and conceded forty six. But last year, they scored 42, conceded 44. So it's not like it's a huge difference. They had 15 draws last year. That's a lot of points that they're able to get in games by being able to, you know, draw, and they're only minus two goal differential. It's kind of weird. But this is a team that has not scored above 50 goals, I think, since they've been up. Uh, You know, they got up in 2017-2018. Um, yeah, ever since they've been up, they have not surpassed the 50 goal mark. I don't believe they surpassed the 45 goal mark. It's not good. They, they don't have a strong offense, which has been the issue for Potter's system. And I think it's going to, you know, become even worse because the defense under Potter has just got better and better. It really has. Um, and it was even able to get technically, you know, goal wise better last year. Even though they lost Ben White, who was one of their big defenders to Arsenal that season, that's incredible to be perfectly honest. But I just don't think that type of luck, particularly the 15 draw mark, is going to quite work out for them again. Um, you know, some of those may turn into losses, some of those narrow wins may turn into narrow losses. And on top of that, they have not improved their offense. Um I, like Levi Colwell is a pretty good young signing. Um, outside of that, I'm not familiar, to be honest, with like any of the names. And on top of that, they're rumored to possibly even lose Neil malpay who's been one of their top scorers over the past few years, which is insane for a team that struggles to get goals to possibly lose one of those guys. Like they rely on Tadassar. I believe they relied on Danny Welbeck and they relied on Neil malpay that's really been the guys for them for getting goals, and to lose one of those is huge, huge. Sure, maybe Undav can do something this season, but I'm still not big on him. So it's going to be a massive drop, and I think that a lot of people are going to overrate this team because they're able to have such a strong defense. I, I'm just not here for it, particularly after they uh, they've lost Pucarella on the wing, who was really helpful for them to get offense and defense at that left uh, at that left wing back role. This team doesn't fill me with confidence. And, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Potter. This is certainly a good enough team to stay up in the Premier League, particularly with how the defense plays. But I don't see this team really being able to reach the heights that it did last year. That's why I have them in six
1: that's fair. I also don't have them as high as they were last year. I do think that they, I mean, they stole a lot of results. They drew with, mm-hmm. they drew in both their fixtures with Leeds, Southampton, Chelsea. Uh, and I think they stole one from both uh, Arsenal, uh, from from Arsenal, Liverpool, and then maybe, uh, I'm trying to remember the other one. Yeah. Um, I think it was West Ham yeah it was West Ham so they they did sort of get a lot of results to go their way and I think that if you take away half of those they drop four or five spots down the yeah table. Like
0: significantly yeah
1: yeah and so, even on, on yeah.
0: top of that I'll make one more note as well for another big player they lost they lost the Basuma, Bissouma who was the heartbeat of their midfield. That's a that's a ginormous loss that I just don't think they filled.
1: Yeah. So I I have them pretty close. I have them at let's see. So we'll, we'll find
0: I, out. We'll find out.
1: Yeah. So um next up, fifteenth. Yeah, fifteenth. I have Brentford. Now mm-hmm. a lot of these so you mentioned earlier that there's sort of been a trend over the past couple seasons that one of the promoted teams will be about mid-table. Uh, I think a couple years ago that was Sheffield. Um, yep. And then, Sheffield
0: and Wolves and Leeds and Brentford.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the year after they, that that team that stays up they really fall off. So Sheffield, the the year after that, they, they were contending for Europe, honestly, they were really close to getting a spot. Um, they ended up finishing bottom of the table. I mean, they were just God awful. Yeah. And then Leeds, they were in the top half. And then last season, they just barely survived relegation. So Brentford, I think, will experience a bit of that second season slump. They were, uh, I mean, they were at the they were eleven, so they were right at the start of bottom of the table. Uh, I think the loss that they had a lot of losses this off in the transfer window, the biggest name being Christian Eriksen to United. I just don't think that they have great leadership to uh just maintain what they did this last season um so i do think that they'll slump a bit down the table uh and and yeah uh, that's really all i got
0: no i mean i can certainly see it i can uh, definitely see it based off of you know erickson as well and yeah i mean i like that analysis with particularly the two most recent teams that found that success the only other team that like I've, I mentioned their wolves, the wolves were able to maintain that success for another year, but then even they fell down, I believe to like 14th or so. So, I mean, I I'm, I'm kind of right with, right with you there at that logic. That kind of makes me a bit nervous. I'm not going to lie, but I'll, I have Brentford to talk about a little bit later for now in 15th. This is where I'm going to go ahead and have Everton. Uh, originally I had them one spot higher, but um I'll talk about that team when it comes. And ultimately, I mean, you're right. Everton's not a team to be confident in. They're a team that have been off to a slow start, like, I believe, for like the past five seasons or so. Maybe not five, but I, I think there's one season they start off really hot. But this is a team that has not been great. And ultimately, They have kind of had a nothing window. I like Dwight McNeil, but he didn't do much for Burnley last year. Um, A little bit more, a a, a little bit lackluster compared to the prior season. I like James Tarkovsky. I think that's a solid addition. I hope he starts, but even if not, he's definitely good bench, uh, a good rotational piece. And then Ruben Vinagre could definitely compete with Mikalenko to start at the left uh, fullback role. So I think it's decent um they're also going to be bringing the young Omana um from France uh from what we have heard online so that should be another solid move but this is a club that not only has had weird starts but then even particularly have not had a great uh success with health um DC uh Dominic Calvert-Lewin has been a little bit injury prone um and right now, they don't even have a starting striker for this weekend. Like, uh, Everton this weekend, you know, Rondon is suspended. DC, uh, DCL is uh, out injured for uh, a bit, which means that they're probably going to be playing Anthony Gordon or Damari Gray as their forward, uh, you know, as their central forward. That's, that's bad. Not, not because those players are particularly bad, but it's because you're having to play an out-of-position player at center forward right off the bat. And then even after that, you have Rondon. So it's not like it gets better. Um, this is a team that is going to struggle, and they're ultimately going to be able to stay up, I think, because I think they have the talent to be able to stay up. They have a lot of midfield talent um, that they're just continuing to add to with Omana, and uh, they may also bring back gay. Um, And they have some other good talent spread around the team their issues, as I said, have, have really come with the injury department and they've had horrible luck there. And I think that with a little bit, uh, a little bit better luck and well, I, I I'm, I'm high on Anthony Gordon. I do think big Neal is going to do better this season. I like some of the pieces they brought in. Um, I think with that type of stuff in mind, I think that they're going to be able to stay up even if, Frank Lampard gets sacked. I think they they're, they're going to do enough to survive. And for Everton as a football club, that's as much as you can ask for right now.
1: Yeah, I, I it's it's a shame um uh, because you know Everton is in in the short time that I've been watching Premier League, Everton has been pretty synonymous with the the first division and so I I'm sort of upset to have them in my relegation zone. Um, yeah, I just don't don't see any pieces there that would that give me confidence that they're staying up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can certainly see it. Um, I don't know. I, I I may have a little bit more faith than others.
1: Um, yeah.
0: But who's your fourteenth uh, place team?
1: Yeah. So at 14, uh, you mentioned it earlier, but I have Brighton here. Um, same, same sort of deal. A lackluster offense. It's, it's just a boring team to watch. I i don't mean to rub salt in the wound for you. I really have no idea how they beat United 4-0 at the end of last season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a counterattack team, but the counterattack isn't even super lethal. And just everything about the squad just screams unenthusiastic, subpar. There's not really much to say there. 14 might be a bit generous, but that's where I have them.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, we're, we're kind of along the same lines. And ultimately, it's not like we're far off. You have them 14, I have them 16. For me, at 14 is a team that I actually talked about a little bit earlier. I like the vision. I like where they're going with the squad. Um, but I just don't think it's happening yet. There's a lot of young players in this team that need to shine, uh, and grow and become their own players uh, before I can see this team really making a push to be able to get into that top 10, possibly even Europe i like i like what they've been doing so much but it's uh crystal palace um i'm not too enthusiastic of their forwards i it's not that i hate them but they haven't really shown us anything to really love in the premier league um and you know their 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 defense is kind of the same thing not bad not great it's, it's decent uh their midfield makes me a little bit nervous at times, but ultimately that's where the crux of this team comes in. Um, actually, I may have used it wrong. <laughs> I, 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 it, it's, less, it's less crux. It's more of um, make or break for this team. I think if the, because this is a relatively young midfield for the players that are going to be playing, you're probably going to see, you know, Eberechi Eze is probably going to get more games time this season unless he gets injured. Uh, I think it's Michel Odise. Odise uh, is definitely going to get minutes. He was a bright spot in their team last year. Uh, Wilfred Zaha, of course, longtime Crystal Palace player. Um, I like the signing of Cech de Cure, Um, and I believe he's going to be getting minutes uh, soon. He may have got minutes today. I didn't really you Take a big look into Crystal's Squad. I just know they lost two to nothing in that Jesus didn't score, which hurt. Um, but I I I like the team. I think they have a decent bit of depth. Um, my concern is I just I, I feel like they are a couple years away from being great. They're not immediately great. They're they're decent, they're passable that's how i grant uh, that's how i look at them right now this is a passable team this isn't a great team it's you know it 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 works and it's not you know i i'm i'm not too high on that so we'll see i think this team you know is going to have a lot in its future but for now with the you know pretty young manager and a young team overall give them time 14s respectively
1: yeah and for i have them coming up here and my next three i'll probably just group together it's i have them 13 12 11 but honestly they could really be interchangeable here and they're both for pretty similar reasons uh they could potentially be higher but they had some big off, uh, like summer losses, and that's Leeds, Crystal Palace, and Leicester City. So Leeds lost Calvin Phillips, and I believe Rafinha, um, and then Crystal, or, or that was Leeds, yeah. Okay, so Crystal Palace lost Connor Gallagher, and then of course Leicester losing Casper Kas- Schmeichel is a big loss. Um, so these three teams kind of sitting mid table, bottom half, and they could really be switched around with either one of them. I mean, uh, with any one of each other, I really don't have a set order for these three,
0: yeah. And we finish off the bottom uh half of the table uh with a little bit of differences. Now, it's probably not going to be crazy differences. but, you know, you have Palace there and whatnot. I think the teams that I don't have there, it's just Leicester's one of them I don't have in the bottom half, but we'll bring them up. And then there's another team that I am spacing. It may just be one uh, one major difference, but um I'll go ahead and, be, uh you know, you, you gave a grouping, so I'll give some notes for each of them. 13 is Leeds. I like a lot of what Jesse Marshall has brought into this team. I like what they've done with this window as well. I'm a fan of the Salzburg additions that they've had with Brendan Aaronson and Rasmus Uh Marco Roca, I think, is and Tyler Adams, I think are going to naturally fill that spot for Calvin Phillips. Um, and then Luis uh, Sinestra is a pretty decent uh, winger coming in from Feyenoord. Um, I just don't know if this team's at the point yet for me to be comfortable enough to put them back in the top 10 that that's why I have them here. I think there's some other moves that they need to make, you know, maybe uh, like ends of eras coming up soon. Um, Their defense is still a little bit concerning, but ultimately, after Jesse Marsh took over the team, the defense became a lot better. Uh, and I think it's certainly going to maintain its stature, if not get even better with the additions that they've made with Europa and Adams and Christiansen. Um, it's a nice team. I like where it's going. I could certainly see leads being higher. I could even honestly, I could even make a case for them to be 10th, but I, I have them at 13th here at 12. I have Wolverhampton. Um, they're dropping off from, I believe they finished eighth last year. I was debating dropping them off even more because again, they've been stagnant on the Premier League site. Guess how many signings they've made this I
1: think two.
0: You're very close. One. They've made one signing, Nathan Collins, a young Irish defender from Burnley, pretty talented. Will probably work his way into the starting eleven sooner rather than later. It works but outside of that they've done nothing and i hate teams that stay stagnant because it's just not going to work you're you're not a big 6 team you're not able to stay stagnant and be successful i mean even the big 6 teams don't really stay stagnant they make a lot of upgrades themselves but i digress this team has lost a lot of veterans um or they've, they've lost some veterans like uh uh roman says and uh actually not even another starting legend. I, mean, I believe Marcal got decent minutes for them. Um, but it's a team that has had a little bit of struggles with some players who may want to leave, like Ruben Neves, but ultimately is a team where I don't feel inspired. Um, and most of the reason why I don't have them dropping farther is because when Everton had a lot of injuries, Holes had more. Like Wolves, like we're without Neto and Podence to start the season or without Jimenez for a good portion of the season and yet they're able to still survive and thrive under new manager uh, Bruno Lage, I believe Um, which is incredible and this is a decent team but I'm not optimistic enough to be able to keep them inside the top half of the table uh, particularly when you know Sure, the, the players who are injured for most of the season are going to kind of feel new, quote-unquote, but they don't have, like, new, fresh blood that's really going to help pump up that offense in particular. So that's why they're 12th for me. And then 11th, I have Brentford. Ultimately, uh, I like the team. I think they've made some uh, decent moves during this offseason, including uh, they're rumored to be getting Domscard, who is someone who... Has been, tr- uh, he's replaced Ericsson in the, the Danish team, uh, but he's you know kind of training kind of with that Ericsson esque role. Um, and you know, he still has time to develop, he's still young, but I think that's really solid if they do bring him in. Uh, this team has certainly helped improve, uh, in the back with Aaron Hickey. I think he's going to be nice, though they may start Kanos in the back, uh, Kanos and Rico Henry. We'll see. Um, Strakosha is. One of the best backup keepers in the Prem. It's crazy that they have him when uh, Ryo is certainly not, I would say, a top half keeper in the Prem. It's going to be interesting to see who wins that battle. Ben Mee was a great veteran uh, pickup for their defense. Probably won't start, but it will definitely be like of the next man or next like, like second man behind that man up. Um, I personally really like Kean Lewis Porter, a great young talent from whole city in the last time we've seen great young talents from whole city come into teams they've made big splashes Harry Maguire made a big splash for Leicester. Uh, Jared Bowen made a big splash for West Ham. And I could see Keen Lewis Porter making a big splash for Brentford I like him he's a great young talent. And, uh, as you were kind of saying they need to kind of get a little bit more offensive help anyways I think he can help provide and ultimately as long as they still have Ivan Tony I'm still very sold on this team um I don't think they're going to be losing a crazy amount of production with Erickson gone because they've been able to fill well this window I'm optimistic for this team I like them it's a it's a pretty talented squad I like their manager I like how they play I I'm I'm all for Brentford maybe a little bit more than some others but I'm not crazy enough to put them in the top 10 they're not that at that place but I think they're good enough to round out the bottom half of my table.
1: Yeah, we have a pretty similar bottom half, with the exception of, I think, Leicester for Wolves. Uh,
0: Yeah, a a bit of changes. I have Wolves, you have Leicester. I think that's it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I won't won't have us recap through the whole 10, but ultimately uh, I added in there for teams that weren't relegated from 17 up. I had added Fulham, Brighton, Everton, Crystal Palace, Leeds, Wolves, and Brentford. Uh, I'll let you sound off yours.
1: Yeah, so I had for the the safe teams, uh, Nottingham, Southampton, Brentford, Brighton, Leeds, Palace, and Leicester.
0: And let's go ahead and let you get into the top 10 now, starting with 10.
1: Uh so don't worry, I didn't I didn't leave it off too long. Number 10, I have wolves. Um yeah, nothing doing in the transfer window. Um, I do know that they have uh officially signed uh Huanghui Chan Huang Hee he Chan. Yeah. Um and he was on loan last year, so but he, you know, he was technically not with the team. Now he is for the next couple years. Yep. um so i liked what he did last season i think he can maybe take a step up uh there's really not much reason i have wolves in 10 as opposed to the other 3 that i have directly below them they've always i mean they've been hovering around mid table for the last couple seasons now um so Uh, not really much else to add there
0: they've been a pretty consistent team i can certainly see it um and it it kind of is similarly to you we are going to have the same 11 teams uh, at least from 20 to 10 because i have Leicester city at 10 and it's ultimately because i'm a bit concerned that they may lose some more key players like james madison's been rumored to possibly leave obviously casper schmeichel left um they have A wealth of fullbacks. I could see someone leaving. So though it may not be huge, because they have a wealth of fullbacks, they I can still see someone going. Ultimately, I think that this team has too good of a manager and too good of talent in the team itself to drop outside of the top ten. But without for Schmeichel, they're certainly going to take a bit of a hit. I think they may need a little bit more help on offense, and I do think that Ihinacho is going to be able to step up his game even more this season. And Jamie Vardy is going to continue to be Jamie Vardy, though we're coming close to the end of his era um at Leicester. So I just think it's a it's a talented enough squad to make top 10, but ultimately they may need to start making moves if they want to maintain their status as uh, a top half team in the Premier League.
1: Okay, well we've finally reached uh, I uh, guess the, what, even yeah, standing. Top Yeah, even standing top nine. Uh, So nine, I have Aston Villa, and you know they were close. I mean, they were close to to relegation, but they maintained a safe enough distance um, so that they could drop a few games at the end of the season. Um, But I think that. Gerard has got the team moving in the right direction. I think that they just didn't have the talent to um, compete with a lot of uh, better teams. I think a nice, like for like, replacement uh, to the NFL would be uh, Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions last year. Uh, A lot of people that really have no business playing as well as they did playing above their station and getting results that are maybe unexpected. Like they finished 14th last season and they got 13 wins. They also got, they they also had 19 losses. So mm-hmm. the six draws, they were very boom or bust. And I think that they'll be able to, you know, as they develop more under Gerard, I I think Villa will be able to get more results to go their way way even if it's not wins just drawing you can get an extra you know four or five points that's going to knock you a few spo- uh, a few spots up the table and i think that they have the talent to get into the top 10.
0: yeah uh i i think we flipped eight and nine here but we'll find out after this i have newcastle united at nine um they have been making good improvements under new management um, I, I'm a big fan of the addition of Sven Boltman and Nick Pope. That is huge additions to their defense. Um, a defense that quite frankly was one of the worst in the premier league last year. They gave up 62 goals. Um, like you know, crystal palace right behind them only gave up 46. Brentford gave up 56. And I thought their defense was going to be a bit sketchy last season. Newcastle had a negative 18 goal differential yet. They were 11th last year. It's a talented team. Uh, I like you know Pope and Botman are going to be huge additions. I could possibly see them moving higher even because of those two. I think the defense is going to have massive improvement here uh, for Eddie Howe. Uh, Eddie Howe's side. Um, they got Target on a permanent deal. Uh, he was really good for them after he was loaned from Villa. Uh, you know Villa got Digne, uh, Target, and then uh, Villa loaned out the Target to Newcastle. He's been solid for them, um, and Really just my issue with this team and why I'm not going to push them up more is because I don't know if they're really going to increase their uh, goal scored margin or goal scored margin. Cause they were at 44 last year. The The goal differential is going to get a lot better. I believe I think they're going to concede a lot less, but I don't know if they're going to score more goals. And that's my issue. Um, I don't know if they have enough creativity in that midfield for me to really justify uh, putting them up higher. I love St. Maximon. Uh, if Willick can get better minutes this year, you know, maybe get back into the form that he had in the, uh, you know, second half of 2020, 2021, that could work out for them. Um, maybe Wilson and, uh, and or Woods can start banging some goals, but to me, I think it would take really, really good form from some of these, you know, uh, mid tier players. Um, to see Newcastle take a even a step beyond and start really pushing for Europe. Um, but i I don't quite see that happening uh, yet. I They're far off of Europe. Um, and I think they're gonna make it there sooner rather than later, but i I can't justify it right now.
1: i I really did consider putting Newcastle uh, here around this spot. I do have them uh, well I'm not really sure how the placing rules work but I, I guess they would be in a uh, in conference league but we'll get to that. Uh, number eight I have West Ham uh-huh. um, I think they just sort of stay around so they finished let me see they finished seventh Seven last, last year,
0: year that right yeah
1: so they I think they fall down um, a spot. There's not really anything uh, for me to say. I mean, I don't think that they made any major moves. Um, we talked about Cornet at the very start of the show. Um, but I think that they're going to try and go again for an all-in push to Europe um, and then just run out of steam at the tail end of the season uh more so just strategy than anything else
0: it's certainly possible i could see it um but that means we have flipped our seven eight nine then because at eight i have aston villa um and i'll go ahead and bring up them as uh, here they have made good moves so they haven't made a lot of moves um i'm i'm a big fan of like some of the players that they've brought in um Bubakar Kamada, I think, is a really solid CDM addition. He'll probably start sooner rather than later. Um, Coutinho uh, on a full deal now. Obviously, he was great for them ever since joining. Diego Carlos in the back line is a huge improvement in defense. Uh, I mentioned it when he transferred to the club earlier uh, this summer. But he was in second for a strong amount of time with Sevilla. He and Koundé manning that back line. Now Koundé is meant to be a Barcelona player as well. And now that I think about it, another player that they are they have to, that they have yet to be able to register. Um, but Carlos is a great, uh, you know, leader back there, uh, you know, veteran of the game, really talented. And I think him and I think Mings will start next to each other. Um, but either way, if it's Mings or Konza, it's a really solid back line at Aston Villa. You know, add Maddie Cash on the right, add Dinier on the left with a backup of Ludwig Augustinson. Um, it is a really solid backline. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, they even have Ashley Young for depth at the right back spot too. They have depth in that defense with a really good starting keeper and Emmy Martinez. It's it's great. It's it's one of the higher up defenses in the Prem, which is very surprising to say, but it's really cool to say that about them. Um I, I I like the team. I like the offensive capabilities that they have as well. It, I, I I liked it so much so last year, even before Coutinho, that I put them in sixth. Uh, I think it was six or six or seven. No, I put them at seven. Like I liked it a lot last year. I I I'm gonna be a lot more hesitant this year with it. But they have really good defensive depth. They have a solid midfield. They have some good attackers. And they haven't really lost anyone important. Vesli wasn't getting many minutes. Uh, uh, Chukwameka was uh, a youngster for Aston Villa, wasn't getting many minutes, and now he's at Chelsea and may apparently get minutes, which is crazy to me. Uh, they lost Presige, but that's not a huge loss. That's really it. I mean, Target, they lost, sure, but they replaced him with Dine already. So it's a solid team. I really like where their heads are at. I really like Gerard as a manager. Um, I'm excited. I think this is a good team. I kind of debated them for Europe, but there's a reason why I have uh, a team above them.
1: Okay, so I'll, I'll give my reasoning for having Newcastle at 7. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. oh, sorry, what?
0: I said, yeah, I'm intrigued.
1: Well, I think and, and then we we saw this a little, I think maybe two years ago or something like that um, when they were bought by a new group from Saudi Arabia. There's going to be a lot of money flowing into Newcastle. You may see them uh, flirt with the top six quite a bit over the next couple seasons. You touched on it earlier. I think Nick Pope is a huge addition to that defense. Um, Again, uh, we were talking about Casper Schmeichel's transfer, Nick Pope, one of my favorite non-Liverpool goal, goalkeepers in the Premier League. Uh, I think he alone will uh, drive down goal, uh, Newcastle's goals allowed by five close, close to double digits. I think he is he's very good. I also think. That Newcastle, Newcastle has been rumored to be chasing James Madison a lot. Um, And they've also been linked pretty heavily to Timo Werner. And if that goes through, then I think that there's a reasonable possibility. I don't see their goals uh, scored going up by much. They scored 44 last season. I think, you know, with the addition of Werner, they might be able to push 50. So I really don't think it's going to be a drastic improvement on offense. I think it's going to stay roughly the same. I think the goals differential is going to go down. Uh, Draws are going to turn into wins, losses into draws. And I mean, if you look at last season, Newcastle finished 11th, West Ham finished 7th. They're only seven points apart. If you steal, if you turn three draws, into a win, one loss into a draw. There's your seven points right there. And I'm um, you know, I'm just coming up with a couple of matches on the spot there. Could be any combination of those things. But Newcastle did have quite a few very tight losses. One of them, to Liverpool, I remember. Uh, if memory serves me correctly, the goal that we scored in that match was very soft. And so that very easily could have been a draw. So there's an extra point for Newcastle right there. So I think there's there's matches that exist where the, the new additions that they have made and that they potentially will make will make a huge difference and push them up into uh, the into conference league.
0: I will say, and honestly, this may even lean a little bit in my favor with this as well. There's two things that I noticed looking through some of the old tables and actually even looking through the last season – which is the first part of their goal differential doesn't tell as much of the story as you may think it does, which means that I don't know if Pope and Botman are going to be as huge. I mean, they're they're just gonna be better for the blowouts that they had. They had a four-nothing blowout against City at their own home stadium. They had a five-nothing blowout against them later on, four-nothing blowout against Leicester, uh, four-nothing blowout against, or five one blowout against Tottenham. So it seems like this is a team that was pretty competitive in a lot of games, but against some of those way better offenses they would get scorched and you know so that means that their goal differential is a little bit you know it it looks worse because of some of those blowouts um but ultimately as well part of my concern for newcastle is uh more often than not like the teams in the top seven have 60 plus goals scored um there are a couple examples recently that haven't, like Burnley and Wolves, um, but I don't know if I see Newcastle finding a way to make up 16 goals um, with really no additions to their offense. I can see them really cutting down the goal differential, but as I said, it's that's not as big of a deal as originally I thought it was. But I can still see it. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm not saying oh it's a it's a bad pick. I could certainly see Newcastle doing it. I'd love to see them do it, but. I personally have West Ham in seventh, and it's because I think this is a consistent squad under David Moyes. Um, Now, I will say, um, I debated them going ahead of the team that I have ahead of them. I I debated them going into sixth. Part of the reason I didn't is because I would personally want to see a little bit more from their Uh, offense I would want to know that Skamaka is going to make a huge impact for me to feel comfortable with saying yeah I'm gonna go ahead and say this team is going to be you know top six rather than top seven Um, but this is a solid team they were sixth uh, in the COVID season they were seventh last season Um, good team and they've made some strong improvements too which will help with depth we talked about Cornet is who should be a huge addition to that back line. On top of that, they have knife Aguerd that they got from Renee uh, or from Renee's. That's a solid addition to their back line. Um, they have Jean-Lucas Camaca, who just came off a 16 goal season in Serie A with Sassuolo. That's pretty impressive. Um, maybe even Alfonso Ariola is going to get minutes this season. I guess we'll see, but he's a pretty good uh, keeper. Who's kind of just got minutes here and there. Um, around the world but particularly with uh, a, a couple Premier League teams recently I believe West Ham was one of them though like, he got injured and I know he was with Fulham, but I digress they've they've made some improvements I like how their team looks and it doesn't seem like they might be quite done yet with the transfer window this is a team that doesn't seem to be willing to settle uh, they know that they have a chance to really make them make a stake, like a spot for themselves in the top ten, and they are not willing to waste that opportunity. Uh, I can see the team making some offensive moves in the winter window if need be, but I like how this team is built as a whole. It's a very strong team. It's a very confident team, um, and with more depth. I just don't think that they're going to fall. I I see them competing in Europe and being able to stay competitive in the Premier league again, as I said, so much so where I could see them getting in sixth. Like if I was to have like tiers here, I would say eight, nine, 10 are pretty close for me. Uh, maybe 10 falls towards like 10, 11, 12, 13, but I would say six and seven are pretty neck and neck for me uh, outside of the top five. So it's really close, but I'm going to have West Ham staying seven.
1: That's fair, honestly, yeah I, I had no huge reason to drop West Ham a spot, but yeah, I, I think for me, six seven eight are gonna be, well, actually, I don't know, six seven eight are gonna be close, but I think the the team that I have in six is going to end up securing that spot by two or three matches. And that team mm-hmm. is. And, um, well, it's going to be your boy is Man U. And I, this summer has been very, very eventful for Man U. And obviously, you know, if you do also have them at sixth, I, I, we would all love to hear your opinions on what has transpired. You've lost a lot of uh, talent. In the the summer window, now granted, you weren't getting a ton of minutes from uh, some of the later ones, but you lost Pogba, Matic, Mata, Cavani, uh, Lingard, lost a lot. Yeah, um, per- Pereira, I think, um, as well. So, yeah. and uh, you you also brought in talent. I'm not saying that it was just a complete drain, Um, but you've got that. You've also got the fact that Ronaldo is not super thrilled with the team. Uh, And obviously, people online rumors are going to be swirling that it's a lot worse than that. Um, Harry Maguire still exists, uh, so that is a problem. I think Man U is still a strong team and is going to end up playing in one of the tournaments. I don't see them breaking into the top four of the season. Um, I I might fall to seventh, but I really don't see Newcastle uh, jumping Man U. I honestly, even though I have Newcastle above West Ham, I have... Uh, I agree with you. I have West Ham with a better chance of jumping Man U than Newcastle does. So, yeah Man, that. yeah, Man U is my sixth.
0: I get it. I'll talk about United later. They aren't my sixth, but I get it. My sixth is a team that has, for some odd reason, not signed the most, like the, their biggest need this offseason. And granted, United hasn't done that for a while. We need a central defensive midfielder for a while, and we just continue to ignore that we need a central defensive midfielder for some reason. Um, but I digress. Uh, this position is a lot more important. And even if they do get one uh, a striker at this point, the, the position they're lacking, um, I am concerned that it's going to be a panic buy and it's not going to work out for them. They have a number nine curse for a reason. Um, the team that I have here in sixth is Chelsea. And sure, they've made some really good moves this offseason. They genuinely have. I love the move of Kukurela. I love the move of uh, Kaliru Kulabali, I love the move of Raheem Sterling. But they don't have a new striker. They they got rid of Lukaku. They don't like Werner. Um, I don't think they're going to be confident enough to start Amanda Broja. They were even fielding offers for uh, possible offers for him. But I think he may eventually start for the team, but I don't know how confident I feel about that. He was decent for Southampton, but not incredible. Um, This is a team that lost two of its starting defenders. Yes, they had some great additions in Kukadella and Kudabali, but losing Rüdiger and Christensen is pretty huge. Um, I just saw that they have a Bergstrom that's loaned out too. That's very interesting. I'll I'll have to look at him after this. Uh, But yeah, they, they, they don't have a center forward. And that's my biggest concern. Um, Timo Werner has not taken to the Premier League at all. He needs to get out of the Premier League as fast as possible. Um, And if they don't find a forward, I don't know where their goals are coming from. Well, Half step back. I know where their goals are coming from. I know what they're going to want to do. My concern is, is is it going to work? And I lean more towards no than yes. I feel like they're starting... Front line right now is going to be like Sterling, Kai Hobarts, and uh, forgetting someone right now, which I'm hating them for getting someone. Um, Mount maybe, um, Gilcich could be there. I feel like I'm forgetting someone. I digress. Hudson the Doy could be there ultimately. I'm not fond of the offense that this team has. They were able to find 76 goals last season, but I believe a good portion of those were penalties. I would have to look at it um, uh, for last season. Um, But I know Jorginho got a good bit of pens in there. Um, I don't know where they're finding their goals. That's my biggest concern with this team. And if I'm concerned about where this team finds its goals, then... I just don't know what's going to happen. Um, I I will say this because uh, I've feel I I've thought about this with some of my friends. I could see Tuchel getting sacked, not because he's a bad manager, um, but just because it's not the right time and place for him right now. Plus, Chelsea are very finicky with their managers. If they even drop in the slightest bit, they'll cut them. Um, Granted, this new management, but they I don't think they're going to maintain that seventy six goals they scored last year. Which was, by the way, only seven more than Tottenham. Um, so, and even 15 more than Arsenal, who didn't really have a, a good uh, number nine at all last year. Um, so, I'm just concerned with a lot of change to the starting lineup of this team, though they did get some good replacements. And I'm very concerned with where this team's going to find its goals. So, I have Chelsea at six this season.
1: Yeah, the the reasons that you gave are pretty spot on. And for that reason, I have them at five. Um, yeah, I don't think they're hitting 76 goals at all. I think that easily goes down by 10 to 15. Um, yeah. You mentioned Berner is not, I just think he's not fitting well in on Chelsea. I think he might be able to find success elsewhere, but obviously that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that they can keep up a strong defense. They did only give up thirty-three last season, so I think that that number is going to hold uh pretty steady. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that drops them out of uh, Champions League status, and I don't think that Raheem Sterling is going to be that firepower that Chelsea are, are need to. Maintain a quality offense. He took a step back at City, and uh, he's just not that guy anymore. So, yeah, Chelsea not in the top four, um, and it's unfortunate. But I, yeah, I just don't see them breaking in with the moves that uh, other London clubs like Tottenham and Arsenal have made this offseason.
0: Yeah, yeah, so we're kind of in the same mind there. Um, And in fifth here, I'm going to say this because I have got some backlash for this. My difference between fourth and fifth is by like one point. That is how fine the margins are between these two teams. I do not know how I feel about either side but I'll express my concerns for Arsenal, who I haven't been. My concerns for Arsenal are as followed. They have some pretty important players that have a little bit of injury history. I am not confident in Gabriel Jesus of being a dominant striker. Now, Gabriel Jesus has had a very solid preseason, which has led to a lot of people in fantasy owning him. He was the most owned player in fantasy, even over someone like Salah. But he is someone that has not quite been the guy that uh uh you know that we originally uh thought that he would be with Manchester City. Uh when he came in originally, we thought he was gonna kind of be like their ideal replacement for Aguero sooner rather than later. Uh, You know, he scored seven goals and had four assists in his first 10 games in the Prem in 2016-2017. But then he's only been able to score double-digit goals twice. Granted, he has been able to get decent goal contributions with assists as well. But he's not someone that really goes over double digits in the forward spot. And to replace Aubameyang and Lacazette, who though they weren't good last season, they were scoring a good bit of goals for Arsenal during their time there to try to replace both of those men with just one guy in Jesus. I'm not confident about that. Sure. I like Saka. I like Martin. Uh, Martinelli's pretty decent. I like Udegaard. I like ESR. I don't know if they're going to be able to get enough for me to feel confident that they could get into that, like, you know, into a good enough goal scoring range for me to say, yeah, they're going to be able to make the champions league confidently. Um, and yeah, I'm. I'm just concerned for some of those outside factors, um, particularly with the goals. Again, I don't feel confident with where their goals are going to be coming from. Uh, so that's why I have them with Chelsea uh, making uh, Europa League. They're certainly way better than Chelsea. I think Chelsea is going. It's basically going to be a space between six and uh, 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 between uh, five and six. But I think four and five is by the thinnest, thinnest of margins. And I'll
1: talk about four later. That's fair. I mean, I am pretty high up on Arsenal, largely because of Jesus. Um, I think that's a decent pickup. Not sure how well he's going to mesh with the team as it exists, but I think he is a great pickup. I also think Zinchenko is a nice addition from coming over from City. Yeah. Zinchenko actually, you know, he provided the assist. Yep. Uh, that e- that Man City equalized Villa on in uh, last year's uh, championship Sunday or last season's championship Sunday that mm-hmm. uh, that crushed the heart of all Liverpool fans. Um, so he's he is able to provide um, inspiration for. You know, various cool scores, and he's, he's a very nice addition off the bench. Uh, I think Arsenal can, it will take a step forward compared to last season. They ended last season on a pretty high note. Got off to a really slow start. I, I think in the first three matches, they had lost by a combined margin of nine nil. And so they were actually bottom of the table. And so, of course, all the, you know, soccer trolls online came in with the Arsenal relegation memes. And it was funny, but they did really round into form in the second half of the season. I'd say after the, you know, Boxing Day slate of games, they, they did really came into their own. And aside from, a slip up against Tottenham and Newcastle in two of the final three games. Uh, they won five of their last seven games, and if you go back even further, they also did pretty well. So, I think they take a bit of a step up. They weren't really a team that drew a lot. I think that they are going to earn, you know, a couple extra positive results out of the thirteen losses. I think that might go down to. Nine or so may be able to get a couple of wins or a couple draws out of that, but that's that's gonna move them up into the top four. And they only missed out on the top four last season by two points. I think that they get into fourth place uh this season.
0: Yeah, and again, I I I, I will say this. For fourth place with the backlash of being called bias i have united at four but i have them at four not it's it's not in vain you know obviously this this is one of the lower i've put united um i was considering putting them lower like a month ago but here's why i've convinced myself to put them in four which I will say it is convinced. It's not that I'm sold on this. I'm not as I was saying with fifth, Arsenal and fifth, I was not like, oh yes, you know, United are gonna clearly be top four, They are Champions League material. No, it is by the thinnest of margins, is why I have United at four. But here's why. This is first of all, the best manager as, as we've kind of seen the preseason. This feels like the best manager that we have had in years Uh Mourinho was decent for us but then you know he just kind of got the Mourinho sack after what like a couple seasons uh which is unfortunate because he actually really looks like he was investing into the club like he has done with Roma as well and you know that's been successful as his new tattoo shows as he's the first person to ever win all three of those European leagues uh, including the conference league now um but then you know we 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 had him we had Luvian Hall um might be forgetting a guy in the middle um we we've had some decent managers nothing close to where we were with Fergie I think ETH is the honestly I I feel like he's the best that we've had since Alex Ferguson is definitely the best manager that we've had since Mourinho um Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was a mess and Ralph Ragnick was worse than a mess um in which the you know his deciding to leave for austria thank the lord um so i'm excited for that i think that this is something where the players are going to get behind the manager this is a locker room that really really got hurt last year a lot of the players that i think were kind of hurting that locker room maybe not a lot of players but some of those players you know a player that I think was her in the locker room and Pogba is gone and he's someone that ultimately just didn't work out for us and he needed to move on, he needed to get a change for the betterment for both us and for him, particularly for him. Um, and I hope that he'll be very successful for Juventus. Um, but Ten Hogg has brought a very fierce and fiery energy, which I think is going to pump up that locker room pretty quick. Um it's as far it's 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 so much so as the fact that uh you know though Ronaldo seems to possibly not want to be at the club anymore he is still scorning him one of the legends of the game Eric ten hogg is not letting him get away with anything and he is taking you know he he is very uh verbal about that in the media as well and I honestly appreciate that. He's not letting anyone get away with any um any mishaps or whatnot. Uh, anything that he deems irresponsible. He's gonna be on it. And I love that and a manager. Um I love the system he plays and everything. That's that's enough on the manager. I I I I do need to move off that point. What I will say is this. I think he also has players in this team that can certainly work. A lot of people don't agree with me that Von de Beek is going to play as our CDM, but I have a feeling that he's eventually going to end up there. He was uh, at times the double pivot in Eric Ten Hag's system. He's someone that's played a defensive midfield role. He's someone that's played an overall central midfield role. I think he's going to be better than Fred or McTominay there. And when Von de Beek got minutes uh, last season, he was very electric for us. And I think we need someone in our midfield that has the passion that he has, someone who even when he stepped into more of that 10 role, he would run back and play hard defense. He was a workhorse and we need that in our midfield. No matter how much people disagree, I think it's going to happen. And I'm very excited for that, even though, you know, sure, we've been chasing Freiki De Jong for two months and, you know, people would want for that to happen. I'm more excited for Van de Beek uh right now i you know I, I i want us to find moves somehow um Lisandro martinez is a very successful player in ten hog system he's a solid addition to the team he's going to be starting alongside mcguire this weekend so we're going to be able to see right off the bat how that team's going to move with the ball playing defenders um tyro malaschia is someone that is a very talented young dutch fullback i don't think he's going to take the place of shaw immediately uh he might over time which is kind of sad for me because Shaw's been one of our best players over the past few years um so it's gonna really hurt to see him possibly step out of the starting 11 or maybe he'll step into a different role um which would be awesome but I I really like the talent that Malashia has and Erickson's gonna be really good depth uh I certainly think better than Mata obviously he was doing uh, nothing against Mata um but he was doing well for Brent for last year with creating opportunities but Again, just like Martinez, another player that's familiar with ETH's system. Um, we don't have all-stars yet in some of these signings. Uh, we are still rumored to be trying to get players. But we have players that are familiar and are good in playing in Ten Hog's system. And ultimately, um, I think Ten Hag will win back the locker room, which is a huge part of that battle that United needs to be able to become a decent team again. And on top of all of that, comparatively to Arsenal and Chelsea, I genuinely feel comfortable of where I know United's goals are going to come from. I don't think Ronaldo's going to leave United. Um, One, because all the teams that really should be the ones going after him do not want him because he's old. Um, But then even the teams that do want him don't have the money for him. And I don't think we're going to do that. I think he may get doghouse time. Um, He may not even start against Brighton this weekend, to be perfectly honest, but I do think he's eventually going to play. And um, someone made a great point of one of my friends I've talked to. Remember last season with Harry Kane? Harry Kane was rumored to want out of Tottenham. He was done. He didn't want to be there anymore. But Conte came in. Conte talked with him. Overall, after a little bit of time, Kane came back and he dominated and he did really well. I think the same is going to happen with Ronaldo because Ronaldo is an incredible player and we need someone to get our goals anyways. But even if Ronaldo doesn't, and I'm really really going out on a limb here saying this, but they really like Anthony Martial. And I could see Martial actually doing something this year, though he's fallen off over the past two years. I could see him finding back form. The staff really likes him. And they seem to be giving Rashford time too. And Rashford is someone who's done really well in the Premier League. And he just fell off of form over the past like year or so. We have guys that we know can get double-digit goals, and we know that can create. We have one of the best freaking players to ever do it, and he's still playing strong. So with having the talent that we currently have, having players that are comfortable in the system, overall having a better manager, and hopefully being able to win back the locker room, I think United is going to be able to barely squeak into four. I think they're going to be able to really shine towards the end of this season. Kind of like you were saying with Arsenal last year, I think they will go on an electric run to be, make sure that they can get ahead of Arsenal and Arsenal is going to choke the champions league by a narrow margin and and United will finally be back in, well, not finally, but they'll be back in the champions league. The team is going to look the best it has in years and it's going to make the board really, really excited to let 10 Hogg spend a war chest. I really hope a war chest in 2023.
1: And now we move into the top three. Again, we have the same teams in the top three. So we'll see how they move around. But and keep in mind, I I think that this... Season as opposed to I'd say the past six or seven seasons. Normally, the league is a one to two horse race, and we really haven't seen uh, like a three horse race since the closest thing we've had was Leicester's season back in 2015, 2016. Yep. Um, and so, I think there's a possibility for that again. I don't, I'm not saying that they're all going to be within.
0: I'm in full agreement with you.
1: Yeah, but I think that they're are gonna be within a couple matches of each other. And so really could go either way depending on who is hot, who's not. But here is my number three. And it's my boys from Anfield Liverpool. And the reason I say this is because so we're we're really not expected to make any moves, any more moves at this point. Uh, so what's done is done, and we basically a, a big part of why the the quad uh, was so was was alive for so long last season, actually because of the tremendous amount of attacking depth that we had. We had uh, Salah, Mane, Firmino. Firmino really hasn't done much uh, for a while, but he is of course there. Then um, you have uh, Jota, Origi, Minamino, and then go back into the, the midfield. There's also a lot of attacking options, and our wings do a great job at, uh, at crossing and creating chances. So I'm thrilled with the attacking, or I was thrilled with the attacking options that we had last season. Of course, that got cut in half this off-season. Um, Origi choosing to go to AC Milan, which is a bit unfortunate because, uh, you know, I, I was sort of, as I was getting into soccer, trying to follow Premier League and, and, and Liverpool more and more, uh, Origi, of course, corner taken quickly, one of the best memories that uh, that I was given at the very start of watching Liverpool as a team. So I'm grateful. I'm eternally grateful to him for that. There were a lot of people that were upset with his departure. I said signs all across Anfield message board saying there's no football without a Rigi, that type of stuff. So I see him go. Uh, Minamino. Heading off to Monaco, I think Minamino was criminally underrated. Um, I really liked him. He was a legend in cup play. Not, I mean, he really didn't find much action in the Premier League, but he was a great asset to the team. And then, of course, Mane heading off to Bayern. That one stings quite a bit, uh, especially since it really seemed like Liverpool was doing him dirty. Uh, I don't know what it was, but they, they were obviously showing a lot more favoritism to Salah and, you know, as time went on, kept doing that. We did extend Salah. And then in the converse of those three losses, we added the, you know, our our biggest signing of the off season, of course, was Darwin Nunes coming in. Uh, We also got uh, Fabio Carvelio from Fulham. And I guess that could be pitched as the Minamino replacement. So, yeah, there's really not much more we're expected to do. I've heard rumors about us going after Jude uh, Bellingham, but I don't think that that's coming until next season. Agreed. So what we have is what we have. And got to keep in mind that at the end, like the the second half of this past season, uh, Liverpool was the team to beat. We were rounding into form, we were red hot. Man City was, I forgot even how many points they were ahead of us at one point, um, but closed the gap to single digits, then a couple games, then one game, and then we were right on them at the tail. Going, We were both going at it neck and neck. Um, and eventually we lost out by a point, but it was real close. And of course, Champions League final, Was tight, but it is how it is. Uh, Courtois just played an unbelievable game, so Liverpool just ends with two trophies. Um, Arguably, the best team in Europe. I don't think that that is going to be the same uh, for you know. We just don't have the same threat of a scoring attack as we did. It really is going to come down to. What Jota and Firmino do. Jota, when he first came to Liverpool, you know the, the fans fell in love with him. He was off to a really hot start. We gave him his own song really early on, so uh, you know he he was a fan favorite early on, and he sort of went cold. Firmino has been cold. He's had a couple injury concerns of late, but I mean his his song is now more more. Uh, more often than he actually creates scoring chances so it's a bit unfortunate gonna gonna need to see what those two do because our our success this season really hinges upon those two believe Salah is going to keep producing Uh, I believe Diaz is going to keep doing phenomenal things I'm very happy with what I've seen out of him so far I think Nunez is going to be a great addition he's had a great preseason, and the fans are all already in love with him. So it really just depends on Joe and Firmino. If they pop off, if they do really well, I think you can make very easily a case that we win the league, especially since the last time we went so neck and neck with City, we thrashed to the league the next year and then won pretty convincingly. But it's it's a big if. Yeah.
0: Surprisingly enough, I got your boys right there as well in third. Um, And for a lot of similar reasons. um, Ultimately, my analysis on it is is, as such, you're in a transitional era. Now, comparatively to football teams and a lot of other soccer teams, like your transitional era does not mean that you guys are going to go to shambles because you guys have still a lot of really good players. You guys aren't in a massive transition or anything at town. But you guys are kind of in a transition. You've lost Mane. Henderson's getting older um, and may get less and less minutes. Um, Firmino has fallen off and he may move on uh, sooner rather than later. Um, And I feel like there's someone else in mind but I don't think there is. It's really Firmino and Henderson. Mane left. That's, That's who was in mind. Um I mean it's it's just this team is getting admittedly uh past its initial era of Jurgen Klopp's tenure of a lot of those uh guys who really became uh star players under his watch. Um Darwin Nunez is decent. I don't know if he's going to take to the Premier League like immediately, but I think he can do decent enough. Uh I think Schlotter will be able to help uh Phil a little bit of the whole mane is leaving same thing as luis diaz um but i'm not confident enough in this team with the transition particularly particularly in its offense that mane has been a huge part of um that they're going to be able to find those goals again like they they found 94 goals last season uh they found really 68 in 2020 that's actually surprising i thought they would have found more they found 85 in 2019. They found 89. This is a team that, you know, will generally hover in the Jurgen Klopp area around those mid-80s to 90s. It's a really, really strong team. Actually, 94 was the highest you guys have scored in like the past five years. So I think there's going to be a little bit of drop-off in the goal-scoring department. Um, Not drastic or anything, but maybe by 10 at least. Um. Obviously, you guys are going to give your all in all your competitions as well. So that'll also hurt, particularly with a lot of depth lost. And on top of that, I don't know. I'm I'm not fully confident in Nunez and Diaz. I think they're decent. I think they'll help fill holes, but it's not going to be great. I mean, it's, it's kind of an offensive problem that uh, I noted. Um... You guys have also lost a lot of players, um, but you know, granted, so a lot of them were depth, were very, very depth. I said really like Mane, um, so I think third is a reasonable enough landing spot for Liverpool. Um, I also agree this is a three-horse race. Um, I don't know. I it, it'll be interesting to see, but we both have Liverpool three. Let's see if we have the same two and one.
1: It's, it's going to come down to a couple things, but I think number two is going to be Tottenham. And Tottenham has made some very smart, very calculated moves uh, over the, the summer offseason. Conte has gotten the reinforcements he's wanted. Um, so that they've really shown that This is, they were very targeted with their moves and they want to have a run at the ship. I think they did better than most, if not all the big six teams in the summer transfer window in their moves. And I think that as a result, they're going to have a huge boost. If Again, a big if. If they can continue the the goal production that they got late in the season last season. That will be a huge boost, or, or there'll be a, a huge factor in uh, whether they can have a chance at winning the league. They they had strong results to close at the end of last season. I mean, a couple of them were against relegation teams, so you do have to take that with a bit of a grain of salt, or. They managed to uh, draw with Liverpool, beat Arsenal pretty convincingly. They thrashed Norwich. They beat Leicester pretty convincingly. Thrashed Newcastle, Aston Villa, West Ham. So they did have a strong end to last season. I think that's going to continue into the start of this season. I don't know if they have the... I mean, it's really not an ability you can work on. It's just something that either exists or it doesn't. I don't think that they have the clutch ability to pull it out against City. I think that there will be a couple points in this season where Tottenham are going to be top of the table, but I think they're going to falter somewhere along the way and, uh, and City is just going to be waiting there to pounce on their mistake. I have Tottenham second as well.
0: And I'm gonna say this: I think their goals for is going to jump jump drastically this season. I Kulishevsky was a lot larger of an addition to this team than people are making it out to be. He is he was incredible for them, and I don't think that that's gonna stop. Uh, Jungman's son's incredible. Harry Kane is Harry Kane. Um, it's they have the best attack in the Premier League. Period, bar none. They have those three, they have Richarlison, they have Lucas Moura. Um, I feel like they even have another player that I'm forgetting. But that's, you know, like five, six players that I'm thinking of that are really solid attackers. I think Richarlison is the best backup striker that they've had. And the biggest issue for Tottenham for years now, and you, you would know this as well, is the fact that they can't find a backup striker. They've never been able to have someone that can back up for Harry Kane particularly because Harry Kane had injury issues uh, for a couple of years, and that's when it was really noticeable because then you'd have uh, like Janssen come in or uh, Garente come in or someone like that, and they just were not good. They were horrible. They're dreadful. So, 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 so bad. Um, I think Richarlison's different. I've liked him ever since he was at Watford. He's a really good player. He is a versatile player. Um, I think he, slash human son, if they want to put son at center forward, would be able to fill in for Harry Kane if he gets injured. Like Tottenham are at the point to where this is a club that you kind of say is Harry Kane or busts uh, a few years ago. They're at a point where Harry Kane could be injured and they're still fine. That's when you know you have incredible depth. Um, They have incredible depth in the midfield, probably way too much to be honest um they have a pretty decent backline the um, their center backs are really the biggest uh, question mark for me i like romero uh i kind of like davies uh sanchez and yet uh, or i think it's yetget uh, uh, they're okay but i don't know uh how confident i feel with them uh i like the addition of parisic so most likely start at left wing back i think that will be pretty decent uh because Conte was trying to move him there Inter. He wasn't quite taking to it. I think he knows that he's going to have to take to it this year. Either that or, I don't know, I guess it's going to be awkward. Uh, but they have really solid depth. Um, they have the best attack in the Prem. And really the reasons why they're not there is just because of how good City is going to be, which we'll get into. And then on top of that, honestly, partly what you said is that clutch gene. That you're saying there, I think Tottenham will be leading the Prem for a good portion of the season because I think City's going to put a lot of energy into the Champions League. City wants it. Holland specifically wants it after being embarrassed in the Champions League like a couple of years in a row. Um, Pep desperately wants it. They, they they want it. The Champions League's their biggest thing, but it's not like they're going to give up the Prem for it. And ultimately, I think that that will lead for Tottenham to be in the lead for a while. But just like against Leicester, they're going to choke the league away, and they're going to lose by a few points. So that's why Tottenham's in the second for
1: Yeah, just to elaborate a little more on that, and that you know we both feel that Tottenham is going to be top of the table for a decent chunk of the season. But yep. if you if you look at Tottenham's uh, season, uh, well, last season, so they started out real hot. They got three wins on the trot. All three of them won nothing. They were pretty close. One, the first one was against City, so that was a great start. Uh, and, and then completely dismantled by all the other London teams. They lost 3 uh, nothing. Crystal Palace, 3 nothing to Chelsea, 3-1 to Arsenal. They won two, and then they lost again to West Ham. They lost both of their games against United. Uh, they lost to Burnley as well, uh, Southampton. So it's just it's just those random games that are going to come up where Tottenham is absolutely just going to uh, come out flat and do nothing, and that I think is going to be the key difference because City City might have that game once or twice a season, but they're really not gonna like it's not going to be consistent habit and. In the, the massive story of the offseason was, of course, the signing of Erling Holland. Me being, I mean, obviously, I don't follow them a ton. I don't follow the Bundesliga in general a ton, but Dortmund is my team. And so seeing Holland leave and join City is kind of a punch in the gut. Um, and even though City lost a lot, I mean, City did lose a lot of talent, and I think that's going to, knocked them down a couple runs. Of course, City got 93 points. I don't know if they necessarily get that much. Uh, I think maybe they knocked down just a couple there. Uh, but the, the 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 presence of having strikers like Holland is not just that's not to say that it's guaranteed that they're going to be great. Um, but I think that, like, as you mentioned, city is just a machine and when they, it seems like they can turn it on when they want to turn it on, right? Like they were sort of stumbling their way down the stretch to close last season. Um, and like there was, there was a game against Liverpool. Both teams were neck and neck, really coming down to it. That game ended up in a 2-2 draw. Okay, fine. But then after that, City was like, okay, we've got to kick it into gear. And they just went. They just took off. 3 nothing result against Brighton. 5-1 against Watford. 4-0 against Leeds. 5-0 against Newcastle. 5-1 against Wolves. Like, okay, it's not the greatest talent that they're playing against. But you can compare it to Liverpool who played some similar opponents. They played Newcastle, only got a 1-0 result. They played Villa, only got a 2-1 result. Southampton, 2-1 result. So City can really turn on the Jets when they want to. I still think they have the capability to do so with the talent that they have, even though they lost a couple big names. And yeah, even though they're really going to be pushing hard for Champions League, I think that in the Premier League, they, with the talent and capabilities that they have, I think they safely have the number one spot.
0: Here's my biggest thing for why City's gonna win the league. They didn't have a great number nine last year. And again, this is partly me not being a huge fan of Jesus. Not not because I think he's horrible. I just he hasn't quite been what we expected. I digress. Jesus scored eight goals last year, eight assists. It's not terrible, but it's not as many goals as, you know, like Aguero would put him. This is the team that was led by its mid-fielding goals and was the top-scoring team in the Premier And I'm going to say that again because Liverpool's a team that had Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah. Um, you know, they had Jota from time to time. They, they have a lot of talent there. City was the top-scoring team in the Premier League without a great number nine. That's insane that they were able to do that. Part of the reason I was concerned for them winning it last year, though I still gave it to them, was because I wasn't confident in their number nine role. And I was kind of right. Not that Jesus was horrible. Again, it's not like I'm saying he's a horrible player. It's just, he's on Aguero. He's just not. And that was a hole for them. Erling Holland is one of the best strikers in the world. And he's young, super young, super fresh. His father used to play at City. This is going to be big for him. Um, He's going to take to the Premier League so easily because he is just that type of player. He is going to have a great season. um, And he's going to be able to get a lot of goals there. So the team that scored the most goals last year is going to find a way to score even more goals, probably go 100 plus, because they added one of the best strikers in the world to their team. Uh, this team is going to be menacing with Holland for years to come. Sure, they've lost a lot of depth. Sure, they may lose even more. Like Bernardo Silva has been rumored to leave for a little bit now, but they are a team that have been able to balance their FFP. And if they do lose a player, they will more than be more. They will be more than willing to bring in a new player. Uh, like there are, they've already been looking for replacements for uh not being able to land Kukadella and for selling Zinchenko. Um, and it's not like they lost a lot of the players that scored goals for them. Sterling and uh, Jesus had their fair share, but, you know, you had De Bruyne up there and Foden up there and Mahrez up there and Gundogan up there. They, like their whole team was able to contribute for all the goals that they got and being able to add Holland alone is going to be a big help, um. And this isn't even talking about the fact that Phillips will certainly get some time in the midfield. Grealish is going to get more time in the midfield. And do remember that Grealish is one of the best players in the Premier League when he was with Villa. And he's now going to get more time for City with all the players that have been departing. He'll get even more Bernardo leaves. They're just fine for selling all the players that they're selling. So this is a team that knows what it is able to do and knows how to upgrade. It is the best run team I think in the world. The only thing they're missing is the Champions League trophy to you know be that cherry on top for them to show how well run they are. It's a really good team. It's really hard to look past Holland joining uh, the top scoring team. City wins the league,
1: and I uh, I hope for the record that City uh, continues to not win the Champions League just for the meme.
0: Oh, agreed. I, I I agree. That'd be really funny, but uh. Who knows? It'll be very interesting. But that's our table. Big rundown, a lot of time, but that's the table. We do have three more things to answer. Um. But I mean, as our quick recap, uh, I'll be very quick with my 10. Um, I had Leicester City at 10th, Newcastle United at 9th, Astonville at 8th, West Ham 7th, Chelsea 6th, Arsenal fifth, rounding out your uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, West Ham making your Europa in Conference Leagues, and then your top four Champions League qualifying teams are Manchester United, Liverpool, Tottenham, and then your winners are Manchester City.
1: And then uh, my ten going to be Wolves, Villa at nine, West Ham at eight, Newcastle seven, just breaking into Conference League. And you have Man and Chelsea at six and five for Europa. And then rounding into the top four, Arsenal at four, Liverpool at three, Tottenham at two, City winning the league.
0: So with that in mind, we only have three, not two, too long questions uh, left, uh, but definitely a lot less long-winded than uh, talking about a lot of the teams that we talked about because there is a given analysis that to go into there. So first of all, we're going to talk, uh, talk about uh, who we think is going to get the golden boot this
1: season. I, I think it's got to be Harry Kane again. I don't really see anyone else who might ch- I mean, Salah is obviously going to try and take a run for it, but without Mane there on the field, if if Liverpool gets another attacking threat that can be uh, if not as dangerous as Mane at least present that way, then Salah will get a lot more chances to open up, but I've, I've seen just in recent years, he's Just weirdly selfish in the box, and he screws up a lot of chances. And for that, I think that Kane is just going to win it again. I don't really see any other person outside of those two who are going to buy for that.
0: And that's why I have uh, Salah there. Losing Mane, uh, Firmino falling off, as we talked about. Liverpool needs someone to put in the goals for them. I think Salah, he's already shown in the past that he can, you know, be one of the best players in the world he is one of the best players in the world he can put up an incredible amount of goals in the season he's shown it and he's going to be asked to do it again by Jurgen Klopp because uh, ultimately though I like Diaz and I like Darwin Nunez I don't know if they're going to be able to quite replicate uh, the value that Mane brought to this team and I think that that means that they're going to lean a lot more heavily on Salah um, which is why Salah is going to score and then comparatively for like Tottenham and City who have Kane and Holland and even last year's winter human son I just think that it's it's a very even spread for how those goals are going to go outside of Holland I have Holland as my second place to this um probably I I, I think I think he'd be my second uh, but I think Saul is going to ultimately run away with it in a sense just because he needs to be that guy for Liverpool um After that, we have another thing which is an interesting one, the first manager that we believe is going to get the boot.
1: Um, You kind of alluded to it earlier in the podcast, but I'd say Frank Lampard, I think that Everton is going to get off to a miserable start. It's really going to fuel the word that I'm looking for, Uh, fuel the possibility that they will get relegated. I think there's a strong possibility, that they do. Um, And we'll see that pretty early on in the season. Lampard is going to be on the hot seat for a while, and eventually they're just going to have enough of it and give them the boot. Uh, I've seen a lot of Frank
0: Lampard going around, and it's fair. It's reasonable. Um, But I've decided to go down a different route. Ironically, it is the team that I have getting relegated that's been a Premier League mainstay uh, rather than you, and that's Ralph Paulson. Uh, House and Hool has been the manager of Southampton since 2018, Um so he's had a long time at the club. and The and Southampton in his seasons have not been great. Uh Like 15th and 16th, they basically roamed the bottom like a uh, quarter of the Prem. Uh, I think one time they got like 11th with him, but I don't even think they they haven't even like sniffed at the top 10 with House and Hull. and that's kind of embarrassing to be honest and he's the guy that like basically at this point with southampton we're just waiting to see what team's going to beat them nine to nothing next because he his teams can just get battered and this i don't think he's a horrible manager or anything but this seems just not in a position for him to be able to succeed and they haven't been since he's been there um, so Hausenhoodle is gonna get a pretty quick sack. I don't think Southampton's gonna get off to a good start. Uh, and then the team's just gonna kind of fall to the wayside. Part of the reason why I think they're gonna get relegated. And with that in mind, the last one is going to be our breakout player. Uh, granted, there is an actual award for this, which I don't think my player is personally gonna get that award. But who do you have as your breakout young player 21 under?
1: I think it's going to be the keeper that transferred from uh, from Man City over to Southampton. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be Gavin Bazunu. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, I think that, I mean, people over there were pretty high on him. They were sad to see him go. And I think that he could have a very big role in Southampton, uh, in my mind, of course staying up and it's going to make a lot of huge saves is going to emerge as a massive leader uh, in the in the defensive side of the ball and I think that he is going to be a large reason why Southampton stays up
0: well you and I both have not gone towards the offensive side or midfield side which is pretty cool I'm actually pretty happy with that uh, but the guy I decided to go with is someone that actually just got a recent transfer, but it's just a loan, maybe an option to buy, but I don't think we know those details yet. Uh, it's going to be Levy Colbert going to Brighton and Nova Albion. Um, I'm pretty pumped for him. Uh, he's someone who was in the third best team in the championship last year. And when he was, uh, you know, during his time there had 26 starts in 29 games, got a lot of minutes, got a couple goals and an assist. Uh, and he is a defender. Um, he's known for you know being able to play left back or left center back. Um, and this is a team that, uh, you know, they have Lewis Dunk and Joel Veltman. I think they're both talented, but Veltman has had his injury issues. And on top of that, you know, um, they could still improve upon Veltman, and I think that's where Colwell may be able to step in, even on top of that. Uh, with that left back option in mind, since Cucarella is now gone, they also only have Solomon March really out there. So I think Colwell is going to find his way into the team pretty quickly. Um, and on top of that, uh, part of the reason I even have him here is just because of his flexibility, his confidence as a defender, confidence on the ball, confidence of being able to push forward, even as center back. It's really impressive. Um, and on top of all of that. Uh, if we look even just to like last year or even, I think it was actually two years ago, uh, Gwahi, when he got his move to Crystal Palace was incredible for them. One of the best young players that season. And then he got a, uh, like a permanent deal there. Um, Connor Gallagher Palace again, incredible season. Chelsea just have really good youth players that they're loaning out. And I think Colville's just in, in line. As another one of those incredible players that is gonna get those minutes. Uh you know, he's very much adored by the staff there, and he will get his shine at Brighton and Hove uh pretty quick. So with that in mind, I think that's everything. You got anything else to add? This has been a long, this has been a long episode, a bit longer than I expected, but hey, we've had a lot of analysis to give.
1: It has been a bit longer than expected, but honestly, I'm just excited for uh, Premier League football to be back. We've already seen one match and, uh, well, Arsenal winning the league right now, so we can just uh, mm-hmm. call it quits right now. But, um, yeah, otherwise, today, uh, it's now past midnight when we're recording this. So we're going to see quite a few matches today. Very mm-hmm. excited to see Liverpool in action against Fulham. Um and just excited for a great season
0: t minus seven hours until the full opening of the Premier League season after a fun game between Arsenal and Crystal Palace today Ishan, it has been a pleasure as always to have you on the podcast and I want to thank you all very much for listening to another episode a very long episode of the 3304 sports podcast of course we have lots more football to talk about we have football to talk about not only NFL but the NCAA fantasy football, as we've talked about that in the past, that's a lot of stuff that I think we're going to be covering here pretty soon. Uh, We're going to have a lot more coming out for y'all as the semester starts to come in. We get some fresh faces. Uh, We have a lot more that we're going to be working on behind the scenes, and it's going to be very, very exciting times here. And I hope that you guys are sticking around, telling people, making sure that they know, because the podcast, I believe, is going to be very, very exciting this year. Um, and I'm, I'm pumped for it. So again, thank you all so much for listening. It's greatly appreciated. And I hope you all have a great rest of your days. Uh, thank you very much and take care.